Blog Talk Radio. Logan off. I'm like, really? Y'all gonna kill Logan? 
I mean, we're so used to the old Logan Roy. When we we first start secession four years ago, we get Logan on his deathbed, or what we think is his deathbed, and what Logan comes roaring back, seeming like he is immortal for these last four years on um, on secession. But we know something has to happen where there is a secession to the family throne, and they air the patriarch air. Of the uh, uh, of uh, of the family uh, d- uh, dies this week on secession, and oh my god, ah, man, I kind of I kind of was sad about it. I was like, oh no, <laughs> uh, and it's so funny. Here's the thing about it, man. Let me tell you something. Life ain't something. Life ain't something. Let me tell you something. Life. We, you know, we think sometimes people. I love Secession. It has, and I haven't listened to that. I usually listen to after podcasts. Sometimes review of some of my favorite shows, because sometimes um, they have a, a, a spin. The care, especially actors. Actors have a spin on a character they've played. I listened last week when Logan. I listened to Logan last week. I mean, the man who plays Logan Roy last week. Uh, talking about his death last week and what he what he felt about it and what was going to happen with Ray Waystar and how he pictured you know going out and all this stuff and so sometimes actors have such a wonderful dynamic twist on their characters and they have some it gives you some revelation about the story of secession that we that sometimes humans we're just watching things on television, you know. Like I sometimes just watch stuff like like I love stuff like Power for the action and certain things, but I also understand uh, the human. I also like the human nature and the human dynamic of how humans, and even in extreme circumstances, because some of these things, like you look at Power, Ghosts, it's just like wow. It's some of it, you know, is extreme, but you get to see how humans respond to extreme circumstances. And sometimes uh, on these after podcasts, they have such great, you know, uh, ideas surrounded. So I haven't got to watch it from this week after, you know, the aftermath of after uh, Logan Roy dies. But I can tell, I seen an article that I just thought was so interesting that kind of speaks to, uh, first of all, last week we get, we get these kids who are, you know, the father. One thing about Logan Roy is that being a rich man and a successful man, he's he's he loves his children, but his relationship is not close to his children. And part of the reason why is because Logan comes from a different time where he really had to fight battles, hard battles, and so now he's raised these kids. He's raised these kids up in the wealth that he never had. And he finds them extremely irritating because, you know, they're spoiled. They don't see the world as he sees it. And he said something last week, you know, the week before that. So for those of you who haven't watched the last two episodes of Secession, uh, spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, but he says something to his children that I thought was so powerful. And he goes, so they're in there. They've been trying to buy, the kids are trying to go off on their own and they're trying to buy uh, another news thing. Uh, three of the kids are. And Logan is trying to get them, I forget what the, he's trying to get them to kind of put off the deal and do something else. 
and they're they're not under his control anymore also. So he's finding them like to be irritating, irritable. Like and he says to them, I love you but you're not you guys are not serious people. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa like he says this to his kids like like, you know, and so, I mean, you know, and that's one of the last things he says to his kids as he's leaving out. And the, his son, they're all in this in New York to get ready because his son is, one of his his oldest sons, who's kind of distinct, distant from the family, is having a wedding. And he's marrying a girl who's a great partner, you know, great partnership, whom he, whom he loves and she loves him, but... You know, it's 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 pretty powerful. You know, I look at I I think I look I look at human nature, and she they love each other because you 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 finally get this, but not in the same dynamic. It's not in the same way. In some way, his partner wants a life. You know, wants the the finer things in life. You know, and stuff like that. And she, even though she loves this guy, there is not the room overly romantic connection, but they're great partners. And they do truly have, you find out last week that they do truly, because he, he's sitting there, this brother, and he's saying to the, his wife, the girl who he's going to marry, and he's saying, are you just marrying me for money and stuff like that? You know, he's just trying, and she's like, no, not, that's not, like, that's not it. But that's, yeah, but I do want some security. I do want this and that. And it's an honest moment, but there's also a moment where he thinks she's gone or something. something's happened, and he thought she's left him, and he's panicking that whole night or whatever, and he comes back home, and she's there in bed, and he gets in bed with her, and he puts his arms around her, and you get the sense that there is a love but a different dynamic of love, okay? So... You this so this is the wedding that's happening where this 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 whole thing is surrounded okay this uh, secession if you haven't seen secession let me tell you it's one of the best shows on TV great 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 dialogue I love the dialogue everything about it but um, so the son is getting married and the kids are there you know and this is the son he's the oldest son but he hardly gets paid any attention to it's a lot there but even in his marriage he's marrying he's still kind of chasing this idea of love but she loves him but it's not you know it's more of a partnership dynamic right and so um so uh Logan's totally not going to this wedding. He's got business to take care of. And plus, you know, Logan thinks it's bullshit. He reads his kids really well. <laughs> you know? And so he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And so, but the, everybody else is like, all the other kids are at the wedding, you know, at the wedding. And at this, right before this wedding, on this big boat, all the fancy trappings, Logan, he's flying off to try to complete this deal to sell waste or, and Logan dies in the most um what is it the most undynamic way on a toilet stool or falling off a toilet stool they i think they claim so it's wow you know what i'm saying logan the big rich logan roy death the great equalizer has came so and it's amazing because these kids who had such venom and hate for the pushing and the all the things of their father when they find out that their father 
may be dying or has died. They're they're panicked. They're little kid. They're little baby. It's such a powerful episode. Oh my God! About the human uh, thing and how how it affects. Oh my goodness! These kids who who he treated not really that well. You know what I'm saying? But, so, this is a great article from HuffPost that he talked about, it, and it says, On secession, Logan Roy just died, and this is this is this week, and grief is the last thing on people's mind. So, like, the week before, while I built up that, for those of you who watched secession, there was this moment where the kids were hurt, like, are bigger than life. Father is gone. You know, we know him in the most intimate ways and not so good ways, but he's gone. And you see these kids each take it differently, right? Like the older son is sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, is he really gone? Well, what? You know, it's like you see these. And so the next week, because Logan Roy is like a Rupert Murdoch, right, or a, 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 what's a, a Ghislaine Maxwell's father, a, a, a father type of character, right? And he is, the world is, pan, you know, the world's panicking, and all these people are like the markets, the markets, how are we going to, nobody is, nobody is really paying attention. This man, these kids' father is that, and they have to think of business. It's a very very interesting and powerful dynamic okay so here it says uh it says one thing uh one thing to love about secession as HuffPost senior reporter marina fang pointed out recently is that not not much time passes between moments and episodes so in the fourth episode honeymoon states starts right off at memorial of sorts for logan roy Brian Cox's person plays Logan Roy at the Roy House. It was clear we'd be in for a jam-packed episode. Marissa Logan's third third wife, wife especially dismisses Carrie, his assistant and lover, when she shows up after being told not to come. The sieve so digs at their late father while reading obits and everyone angles to take the top spot at Ray Star Royco. And and they're saying... um, uh, they're talking about this. They're showing it in the chat. Terry, friend, and Candace, Frederick, and Aaron Evans chat about all things that happened on the day after Logan Roy died in secession. And they're going, Connor is still living his life in delu- his delusional life. Connor is the oldest son. And they said, uh, Connor, is, you know, wants to buy the house, uh, buy Logan's house. And, uh, you, and uh, and he 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 kind of makes a spit handshake with Connor's estranged wife. Okay, I mean with Logan's estranged wife. He wants to buy Logan's house. So uh, and some people are saying, okay, let me see this. A conspiracy theory would make for an epic secession storyline. Okay, ready for some wild conspiracy theories? I think Jerry had something to do with Logan's death. Yes, I'm still thinking about the homicide theory. Wow, that's going to be interesting. And that she get she got messy Carrie to somehow handle it so that her hands were clean. I just think it's very suspect that Jerry was very uh, obviously fired but still has a stake in anything here. Um, so they're talking about this. Also, I think Frank and Carl Dr. Logan's letter because it read Jerry should be named successor. And let's face it, none of them stand a chance against Jerry. By the time she walked in, they got her to go along with their plan to collectively doctor the letter so that it looked like Kendall might. 
have been named successor. Because I think they realize that if Kendall is named successor, the siblings would just cancel each other out. Then one of them can take over. Also, I think Kendall's uh, name was absolutely crossed out, not underlined. Um, And so this is the oldest son, Kendall, okay? So Kendall is always, Kendall really, to me, in my personal opinion, would be set to be the head of, 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 of Waystar because Kendall, but Kendall has deep emotional scars. He's the most emotional of his family, even though he's the most CEO-like. And so, uh, but his emotional scars and his chase for his father's acceptance and love has literally had a toll on him and keeps him sometimes from uh, that thing. And then you have all these other people who are in uh, the background, uh, the background who are um, uh, who are in the background who are um, kind of not sure, you know, uh, trying to figure out how they're going to get this Waystar company. Then you find out one of the Shiv, the only daughter of uh, Logan Roy, is pregnant, and uh, and then they have the Logan Roy obituaries were far too nice, but the Roy siblings roasted him properly. Uh, uh, they said, like, this part, this was a great, this is some of uh, the idea of, like, some of his, their lines in the story. They say, business genius, Shiv reads from Logan's obituary, never paid a penny in, U- in U.S. taxes. Roman quits back, I thought this scene was pretty genius. All of the uh, the Roy kids throwing jabs at their father based on flowery language and several of the obituaries. This uh, uh this reminds me of the article saying this. This reminds me of my favorite type of obituary is a brutally honest one, especially for folks who pretty damn, who are pretty damn terrible. Um, also, Tom has some uh, good one-liners, of course, in another scene, making that Logan died fishing his iPhone from a clogged toilet. toilet. <laughs> and so it's, 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 it's a very jam-packed scene, and it's full of all these because you know I I was listening to Brian Cox talk on the podcast last week who played Logan Roy, and he was saying you know all the some, some funny things and everything and he and what the host says well secession is kind of like a comedy of sorts and he said it is, I mean it is full of drama, but it has this comedy element to it that is that makes you laugh at the strange trappings of life, okay? And this this just happens to be a wealthy family bringing to you these uh, all these things and what's it like to be them. I mean, if you haven't seen Secession, I mean, even if you just watch part two, just to see how people react. Even, you know, when a wealthy person or a famous person dies or, or somebody who owns a lot of money or has a lot of things, which today's show we're going to talk a lot about today, right? I'm going to talk a lot about money and power and stuff a little bit. But you find how people are jockeying for position, and really <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, nobody gives a damn. You know, once you're dead, it's like, what's the next? What's the, what's the next thing? <laughs> So a very, very powerful uh, secession. I was, listen, I'm a secession fan, so I was like, yes, yes, great, okay? All right, you guys. So it brings me to, y'all, my it's a word for the week, secession, okay? 
I just talked about Logan Roy's dysfunctional family and secession and how they're all jockeying for power and jockeying to be uh, um, <laughs> to to take over Logan's family. I mean, take over Logan's company and stuff like that. Uh, but yet, still very much in grief about this father they lost. They've lost, and still very much unsure. Right? You know, the loss of Logan is lurking even though, you know, they're all jockeying for a position, right? Um, but it brings me to my it's a word about um, this week is that, man, I had, oh, I'm going to lie to you, I had a week, I mean, you know, I had a week starting a couple of days ago. And, listen, I'm not exempt from anybody. I share on y'all here, y'all, different stuff. I try to share on y'all here with a little bit of my life or a little bit of things I go through. And that's what my it's a word is. Sometimes it's personal. It's personal this week. <laughs> but, yeah, I had a thing happen this week, and I was like, you know, a, I got the, you know, I got dysfunctional family shit in my life. And I'm just like, oh, what the, f-? you know, a, a, a family member who, you know, I have just been like, you know, hate, <laughs> love, you know, love, but I don't like very well. <laughs> Right, and so I, I I found myself this week, and I had to really say, you know what? I had to really, you know, uh, really decide in my life because I feel like 2023 is a year that you just really should not pretend. And sometimes you have family members, even in in a in a, a in certain areas of your life, always who jock for position, who don't care about anybody else, who are just only care about themselves and stuff like that. And I really, I had, I had to finally, it finally dawned on me, this person don't give a shit. I mean, you know what I'm saying? They don't give a care about me. And I had expended so much energy trying to uh, save the relationship when I had to really come to terms with there's no saving this thing. No, even if you are a family, love you, forgive you, but I can't expand my energies. 2023, it's a different time. We don't have time to, in my personal opinion, to expand our energy on people. Life is too long and sometimes too short to expand our, our energy on people who just simply are not just that, who are not reciprocal are not engaging with you in relationship or friendship or familyship, right? And uh, I, I go back to my tr- one of my favorite videos on Oprah. Oprah had uh, when she talked about, uh, and the reason why I, I transitioned from the Logan, the Roy family, you know, because it's a dysfunctional family, even though this doesn't have a, this doesn't have a little bit to do with it, but uh, but it's you know still the thought of family. So I, I saw I saw this one of my favorite Oprah when Tara Westover was on Oprah, and she talked about her own certain parts of her own family and how she was she became estranged from half of them. Now I told y'all I'm a Scorpio up in this joint. Okay, listen, my family sometimes got when I estrange myself, they know I mean business. They know it's taking a lot, right? And so when I say, uh, listen here, the dough. It's closed. <laughs> they, they, they know it's, you know, it's, it's, 
exploding, <laughs> right? So, uh, and, and this I just had to realize, you know, yeah, you can love people, but you you can still choose to say uh, no, goodbye. Okay, I'm not interested in a relationship with you because I don't want you shouldn't have to change because of me, and I shouldn't have to change because of you. You know, so um, I want you guys to listen to it, and it's going to be your it's a word for the week. Watching and anybody who's watching who needs to hear it, you said you can love someone and still choose to say goodbye to them. You said you can miss a person every day and still be glad that they're no longer in your life. I think. Y'all are clapping because y'all know that's the truth, right? And I think that for a lot of people that's a contradiction, that if you love, then you're supposed to put up with it no matter what, and that if you, you know, are missing them, then you can't also be glad that they're gone. But, I mean, I think there's such power and wisdom in that. I think there was a long time for me I thought because I loved them, that meant maybe I made the wrong decision. Or because I miss them, and then I would second guess myself. And think, oh, because I miss them, it must mean that I made a mistake. And it, it took me a really long time to figure out that, yeah, love is just love. One of the last things that ha- happened between me and my father, the last time I saw him, he came over and he gave me this really awkward side hug, and he said to me, um, "I love you. You know that?" And I said, "I do. That has never been the issue." And I always knew my father loved me. Of course I knew he loved me. And I don't think my dad did anything that he did from a lack of love. And I think we do love a real disservice when we make it about control and power and changing people. And that's not what it is. You love people. You give them that for free. And and then you decide whether that's something that you want to have in your life. And the alternative is to say, well, I'm going to change them and then I'll have them in my life. And that's not love. That's not what love is. That's not what it does. That's not the power that it has. So I, I, I would say with my own family, I love them now. I'm estranged from half my family. I love them very much. But I've accepted the fact that I need them to change the habit in my life, and whether or not they change is something I have no control over. And you write that every time you return to your father's house, in your mind you were still kind of that 16-year-old girl and that your final transformation, you say, was the one that allowed you to actually break free from your family, uh, occurred when inside your mind you stopped being the daughter your father raised and became your own self. I think for me it comes down to being able to conceive of a different thing than the life you have in front of you. There's a, there's a scripture that I really like. Um, it's about faith. It's my favorite scripture. I loved it when I was Mormon, and I love it, and I'm not Mormon still. I still love it. And it's Hebrews, I think it's 11.1, and it says that um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Church people! Church people in here! And I think for me, there was one of the things that made it hard for me to let go of my family was not being able to imagine any kind of future life that didn't have them in it. And I think that's what everybody does. We grow up in these families and we learn certain patterns and we think that we're all liberated and changed and then as soon as we get back in that situation we repeat those patterns. Or worse, 
very often we have dysfunctional family relationships, and then we go out into the world and we find people who will repeat that pattern yeah. with us. So we will never leave it. Yeah. We attract those people, and I think I love this idea of faith as as a belief in a in a better world, in a different world, in a different life than you've experienced. All right, so yeah, I wanted to share it with you guys because sometimes it's certain, sometimes people feel extremely guilty. I and I've talked to, I've had friends that who have had to make these choices about family. You know what I'm saying? Where they had to uh, certain members of their family, they had to say, okay, that's enough. You know, and I'm quick to tell somebody, you know, I don't care that there's your family. You can, you need to let them go. You know what I'm saying? So and you know. Listen, I had the same thing where sometimes, and you know, in my head, I, I'll, I'll share this with you guys too on the show. I was raised by my grandparents, so I was raised in a different. So I'm always thinking in my head, even though I had a great loving childhood and stuff like that, I'm always thinking in my head. I still think I'm. I still think of myself as a, a orphan in some senses, right? You know, even though, I, you know, in some senses, that's it's just true. I, it, it's just something that you never even say, even when you're a little, because you're even though your even though your family dynamics is different. So sometimes. I go above and beyond to try to help certain people, you know, in your family, even dysfunctional people. <laughs> and they'll, you know, are what I think, what I deem is dysfunctional. And, you know, people will take advantage and all that stuff. And I just said, you know what, listen, I had to say this with this, with this particular family member. I had to realize that this week I said, you know what, I didn't just had about enough. This <laughs> 2000, I, I didn't. Enough, <laughs> enough, and it's okay. I don't, I don't want you to change nothing. You ain't gotta change nothing. You ain't gotta, you ain't gotta explain nothing. You ain't gotta do nothing. You ain't gotta, you ain't gotta apologize. You ain't gotta do nothing. You can be you, and I can be me, and love you, but don't really wanna be want you want you in my life. And you know what? And it's, I'm okay with that. And I'm hoping you okay with not me not being there. You know, good, good luck, Godspeed. <laughs> All right. You know, and and I and I always say, because there may be people out here who are dealing with the same thing with toxic family members and stuff like that. Listen, y'all don't got to put up with that mess, especially when people are uh, abusive, narcissistic, all those things. You do not have to put up with certain things. Just my opinion. Just 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 my opinion. There is no reason. For you and you know, hey, and they don't, you know, like she said, love it, you know, love is love is for free. You give that for free, but uh, you don't have to uh, engage with someone um, with with in, engage with someone disrespect, being disrespectful, or any kinds of things. And especially when it happens one too many times, it's just like, what, you know, really seriously. <laughs> so I just said that today. That's y'all. It's a word for today. Whether it's family members, friendships, whoever. I say it all the time on this show. I say it a lot on this show. It's okay to let go and let God. Okay, and to what what I heard Terrell Westover say, and have a different and imagine life without them differently, in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Imagine a better life because sometimes you have to take people's energy out of your life and listen, sometimes it's a lot better for you. Because sometimes what I realize is, you know, I remember my spiritual mom used to tell me all the time because I, I, this isn't the only time I've had so little issues. And stuff. So my spiritual mom uh, used to tell me all the time, 
her favorite thing was like, you ain't Holy Ghost Junior. <laughs> you can't stop nobody from living, and you can't stop nobody from dying. You can't help people that don't want to be helped. You can't do this and that, you know. And I and I and what she meant was when she would tell me I'm not Holy Ghost Junior, she was saying, hey, you're not God. And when you try to become somebody's God, when you try to get in and try to help, and you you. And you trying to you and then you suddenly become God to those people, and they come into you always uh, to get their needs off or get things, and then they and they draining you, and you find yourself in a position of a godlike figure, and you can't handle that. They need God. They don't need you. You don't got enough resources to be uh, dealing with their mental uh, capacity. And what it do is it'll start draining you. It'll start messing you up. You'll start getting sick. Out these streets, you'll start being at the doctor. <laughs> with like, what in the world with anxiety and all kind of stuff? So you have to realize and protect your health that you not you a little G, but you ain't God. Okay, you gotta give them, give your loved ones who are crazy and toxic and all these things uh, to God and and Godspeed and leave them, leave them at the leave them at the foot of the cross. As I say, you got that's what you got to do because otherwise. You will take on something that you can't handle. And I always say, you know, God is a jealous God. God don't like nobody being where he is, okay? <laughs> so, you know, you you need to move out the way when God is trying to do work and somebody's like, it ain't Job, you don't need to do nothing, <laughs> all right? So that's my it's a word for y'all today. I hope y'all get it, child. I hope y'all get it, okay? All right, you guys, when I get back, we're going to get into this these hot topics out in these streets. Oh, my goodness, I got so much to talk to y'all about. Okay, I don't really have a show, but there's some stuff. What is my stuff I really want to talk to y'all about? The, um, some of the stuff I didn't get to talk to y'all about uh, the other day. Okay, so we got to talk about what is it? Okay, I want to talk about, I got to get to Natasha Scott, I think I want to talk about, and which is of escape. Um, we got to talk about what happened in Kansas City with this little young, this little boy who got shot. Oh, my God, it's such a terrible story. So we're going to have to talk about that. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard it yet, but this young man, he walked up to the house, to a house he was, he was there to, he was, his you know, he was going to pick up his siblings, and when he walks up to his house and knocks on the door, uh, somebody shoots through the door and kills him, okay? So we got to talk about that. I mean, not kills him. So, oh, God, let me read. No, he, he got just extremely injured. He's out of the hospital now, so he was injured. And uh, it was an older man in his 80s. And an older white man, of course, is, uh, he's been charged with two felonies, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when uh, when I get back but uh, from break. But also we want to talk about Jonathan Majors, child. Jonathan Majors done dropped a full bag out in these streets, it looked like, okay? And I'm going to say why I think it's a good thing in some senses, okay? And then we got to talk about um, – uh, Patrick Mahomes, wife Brittany out here in these streets and what she recently said. So it's a lot we got to get into, a lot of dynamics, a whole lot of things. But uh, we'll do that when I get back. All right, so meanwhile, we're going to listen to a little a bit of music. Uh, let's listen to, um, I don't know, y'all, because I hadn't planned. I didn't have one, a song planned out for y'all. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to listen to? Um, let's listen to... 
spending time, Janet. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, okay? Janet, 
You still got a body? What's the deal out here? What happened to the cute little outfits and stuff? I mean, it's just a lot of cat suits and stuff. What's going on? She did that in Essence last year. I was like, what's going on here? Mm. I don't like the outfits. I like them, but I don't like them. I like them better than they was the year previous years. But I'm like, I miss sexy Janet. I mean, I know we're getting older, but you still look good, girl. You can still wear some little hot stuff. I don't know what's going on with Janet around these streets. <laughs> okay. All right. It's the CC Show. I am back, child. Let's talk about it right up, child. Oh, Lord, out in these streets. Oh, my goodness. What am I on? Jonathan McChild, Jonathan Majors drop from manager from entertainment. Um, what is it? Drop dropped by manager entertainment three sixty following domestic violence charges. It says this is according to uh, MSN dot com entertainment news. It's saying Jonathan Majors and his talent manager entertainment three sixty have parted ways. An insider has confirmed to Verity uh, the development comes. Three weeks after the Creed Three and Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania actor was arrested on charges of assault and harassment in New York late March, Matrix also has been dropped by his former public relations manager. Dang, they said we even can't save you, man. We just drop you out in the street. The lead company, a source with knowledge of the PR company, confirmed that the actor was removed as a client last month. They they said they probably removed themselves after that lawyer. Release that letter. They said, Chad, they probably, the PR company probably said, you don't don't release that. (laughs) No immediate comment was made available by Entertainment 360, our lead company, uh, lead company. The 33-year-old actor was arrested in Manhattan on March 25th and charged with assault and harassment regarding domestic uh, dispute with a 30-year-old woman. New York police responded to a 9-11 call, leading measures to be taken into custody. The named victim was hospitalized with minor injuries to her head and neck, according to authorities. Major's legal team has denied that the assault took place, alleging that evidence exists that would clear the actor of the charges. But we ain't seen evidence yet, honey. They showed us some text that didn't seem right, but that's it. Mr. Major completely denies assaulting the woman. Major's criminal defense lawyer, Pryor Chaudhry, said in a statement in this week after the arrest, Chaudhry um, also released a series of text messages that were allegedly exchanged between Majors and a 30-year-old woman to further contextualize the situation. That did not help Chad in the public eye. Uh, a lot of people are saying... He might be losing uh, Marvel and all these things. And this is what I'll say to him. This is just simple as this. And, you know, I just feel like we in this time frame that it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing when you make it and you get to do live your dream as an actor like Jonathan Majors and like he's doing and, you know, but it don't mean nothing. It don't mean a damn thing if your character ain't right. You know what I'm saying? If your character, man, ain't right. The worst place to be, I'm not saying that he's beating nobody. If he didn't beat nobody, if he ain't, because, you know, here's the thing. When that stuff came out about Jonathan Majors, it was already people at back in the back saying that he had been, he had had some domestic problems, allegedly. 
back in the day at his school and stuff. And that a lot of victims, some of the victims may not be wanting to speak out. I don't know if people was hating, if that was true or not, but the way these talent agencies and stuff is dropping them, might be some truth to it. Maybe. And listen, I prefer for the brother to get healthy. I mean, this ain't no time. Listen, you can act. Let me, t- let me just say this. When you are an actor, you can act a number of places. You know what I'm saying? I got a beautiful cousin who does acting like me, and she's acted in all kind of little small films around the, uh, her city, been in commercials, all kind of stuff. There's a number of ways that you can go in, you can work in the acting world. And those, and, and, and at, for every agent, and they will always be there, and they don't always exist in Hollywood, okay? So, but there's always a way to use your gift. And I would say for him that, you know, he is a tremendous actor. There is no doubt. I mean, I, listen, that boy ain't no joke, okay? You can see it. You can see it, especially on Ant-Man. You can, you can see the range. But it is better to have your mind, your character, your spirit man right, because that place, you know, Hollywood, it will it will do a doozy on you if you ain't got your mind right. It will do a doozy on you got your mind right, right? So let alone if you ain't got your mind right. And, you know, if he has this problem with abuse, if he has a problem with abusing women, it's a blessing that you got stopped early before you hurt some, really kill some, anything, you know what I'm saying, so you can deal with whatever the pain or the rage or whatever is inside. I mean, I still hear it's a lot of people who keep going on in their career and they and 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 only they you know the only thing they concerned about is putting out the next record, putting out the next song, putting out the next dance, going on the next tour and all this stuff, and they ain't getting their inner man together. They abusive, they bad, they terrible, and they ain't never stop to get their abusive men together. Yeah, it's been a lot of people in that entertainment world. I told y'all a couple of stories a few weeks ago. Was beating up folks and stuff. All I'm saying is get your spirit man right. That's the most beautiful thing you can do. Don't let what well, Joy Smile. What's our favorite thing on this show? Quote that Joy Smile say. Don't let your talent put you where your character can't keep you. Facts, okay? They will. You will. You will. You will get. They will eat you alive. Out there in Hollywood, okay? So I see it as a blessing for him. If he has this problem, if he has the problem of abuse, if, I mean, they could be lying on him. But if he does, man, go get you some help. Go deal with whatever that rage and that anger. Ain't nobody perfect, and you ain't going to be perfect. But go deal with that anger and that rage or whatever it is inside of you. If it's from your childhood, whatever, deal with that. Get some healing, okay? That's the best thing. And it's always going to be work out here. Especially when you're good at what you do. Always going to be a job. going to be an acting job out in the street. I mean, it's always going to be something. Okay? My, my, as my, my spiritual mom used to tell me all the time, uh, uh, she used to always repeat the scary scripture to me when I'd be worried. And when I, back in the day, when I was younger and I'd be worried about life, you know, she said, Keisha, your gifts will make room for you. 
They'll put you before kings and queens. Your gifts will make room for you. You just worry about getting yourself together. You know, so that's what you you that's what I would say to him. That you don't don't whatever it is, if you know John the Majors or somebody or you know somebody like a lot of these kids nowadays, the only thing is the most important thing is get to the bag. Just get to the bag. Get to the bag. And hey, I like a bag, okay? Child, I like a bag. I ain't mad, child. But getting to the bag ain't the most important thing. It's important, but it ain't the most important thing. Getting to the spiritual bag. Getting to your manhood and womanhood and making sure it's intact and in place is the best bag. Because a lot of these, a lot of y'all got it twisted out here. Because I, you know, you always see kids on social media and they be saying. You know, if you if somebody trying to give them some wisdom, a celebrity or something like that, you know, they say, well, at least they, because they find it, that the only thing they see a lot of times these kids, not today, this, these generations today see as important is the bag. And they say, at least they paid, at least they got a bag. At what cost? So what does it profit a man to gain the world but lose his so, man, I ain't got glitter and gold on deck. You know, that's one of my favorite songs. Have you ever heard the glitter and gold, um, uh, uh, glitter and gold, Rebecca Ferguson? It's one of my, oh, my God, it's one of my favorite, uh, favorite songs. Rebecca Ferguson was, uh, uh, she was on the um, uh, X Factor, I believe, in the U.K., and she she really was good. I really like her. I love a lot of UK singers. I do. I love a lot of UK UK singers. You know, because I feel like the UK singers. A lot of people. A lot of UK singers remind me of the black old soul singers in some ways. You know what I'm saying? Like they, and that's partly because I believe they admire Black America and the craft of Black America uh, from those times, and they really just they they feed on it. So, um, yeah, but I love, I mean, she's, she, she's one of, uh, let me see, do I have, is that, she, I was trying to find her, um, uh, see if I see her, um, I have it, uh, where was her, but she didn't really have a lot of big hits, like, I mean, I think she did for a minute, she came out for, I don't know if she's still running big over, uh, in the UK, but she's so, she's really good. You know she was really good, and but um, but she in in her song glitter and cold like this is some of her lyrics. How good or bad, happy or sad does it have to get? Losing yourself, don't cry for help if you don't think you need it. And the old friends are just a chore, but now you need it more than ever before. All that glitter, all that glow won't buy you ha- happy when you've been bought and sold. Riding wild horses, you can't control with all your glitter and gold. Take care of your soul. That's the most, man, I know it don't seem, I know to get in the bag and all that seems good, and I'm for all that. But take care of your soul first, because this is, this is, the vultures is out. This is a time the vultures is out, Chad. I be having to tell myself that, take care of your soul up in these joints. And I hope this young man gets his soul or whatever. Take. This is all happening for a reason, by the way. It ain't just happening out the blue, in my personal opinion. Nothing sometimes just happens out the blue. All right, but it's it's uh, I mean very sad nonetheless because you know he's probably worked very hard to get 
<clears throat> to get to this place. But sometimes, you know, God got to reroute you. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes God got to reroute you. I don't be liking it when God reroutes me. Nobody likes it at the time. Y'all, you read that scripture in the, in the Bible where it says, no discipline is good, feels good at the time when they talk about that. I forget that scripture in the Bible where it says, but God chastises his children because you're not without a father. Like, you know, with kids, they used to run around and do whatever they want to do, and you'd be like, they ain't getting away. Like, I'd be like, you know, they can do whatever they want to do. And they'd be like, that's because they ain't got no daddy. They ain't got nobody to discipline. You got somebody to love you over here. When, when God loves you, he chastises you, or he allows things to happen so that you can get yourself together, okay? That's the difference between you and the people, uh, God's children and, and God's and non, and non-God children. <laughs> I remember I used to have people that could do anything. I used to be like, man, I used to be so, like I used to have friends who be just doing Wild it out. I be and when I go out and try to wild out, when stuff happens, I be like, God be re He be like, if you don't get your little tail. <laughs> oh my God! I listen. I listen and trust me. I be trying, bro. I be used to be trying. I be like, man, well, I'm trying to get out here in these streets. Mm-mm. I be like, I don't think so. What you think you get out in these streets? All right, get on out there. Let me so I can get you, drag you back up in here. <laughs> so that's that. So so he should be thank God for rerouting you when you when you ain't got your stuff together. Okay. So, telling y'all. Okay. Um, Kansas City teenager shot after going to the wrong house, child. Now let me just say this. I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, okay? I grew I and my grandfather's family is from Kansas City, Kansas. I know all of Kansas City. I love my hometown, okay? When I was young I did not. But as I got older and started appreciating my History, my family's history. How my family got to Kansas City. My daddy's family's, uh, my daddy's family. Everybody's from Arkansas. Everybody, all my family's from Arkansas. But the roots of how we migrated, how our families migrated from my daddy's side to my mama's side, and everything is beautiful. You know that Kansas. I always think Kansas City was that. I was born in the heart of, of you know, of, of America. That's I'm, I'm, I'm a heart girl. It's, it's not a surprise. I am Kansas City. I'm a, I'm a Kansas City girl. I'm a Midwestern girl, and I love that, okay? And I see it. I see all my charm from my Midwest charm and stuff. But I would tell you, growing up in the Midwest, it's very different because you had a lot of racism, you know what I'm saying? Midwest, even though we, you know, I would go to, I was, you know, I would go to, like, travel with my grandma sometimes different places, different cities because they were seniors, my grandparents. And even growing up, I traveled because I had relatives in other places and stuff. And I remember going on the east, my first time going on the east and west coast, and I was like, they living like little poppers out in this joint. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because it was liberal cities, but I was living like the, they, I mean, the, they projects used to look like, whoa. <laughs> and they hoods, they be looking like dangerous. I'd be like, this hood? Oh, my God, y'all look like I living in a shack. I mean, in L.A. and stuff like that. But in, in our, in Kansas City, 
when you grew uh when you grew up in like midtown middle like i a lower middle class like me or 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 lower or you know lower middle class was kind of in with the hood like it was hood still was just a step up from the hood right and People would come from the from the East Coast and West Coast family members and stuff. We're like, dang, y'all living in a mansion, <laughs> because they. I mean, it was different. So it, we lived much nicer than on the East and West Coast and stuff like that. We live in the Midwest and stuff like that. Our our projects wasn't as bad as yours, unless you came from Chicago or something like that, like East St. Louis or something like that. <laughs> but for the most part. You know, we was it, it was very different, but you still you still was introduced to it was still a lot of racism, and the racism, yes, it would be from the you get racism from the upper class and stuff like that, but a lot of the racism in Kansas City existed in what's considered, and I want y'all to get offensive, but white trailer park or something like it, that kind of class, okay? So to tell y'all about what Kansas City is like, okay? What it what what it's like now it's been getting it's trying to get gentrified but you know I'm just trying to give y'all a peek like what it what it was like growing up okay so let me uh, talk about this story here in Kansas City uh, I'm not saying what race was involved in it because this old man I don't know what was going on you know. Old people are different, you know. I don't know if he was robbed, and I don't want. Don't be trying to tell me. I know people be like, he's being cooning out here. No, listen. I got a heart, and I got a heart for all people. Okay, I got a heart even for an older person who do something dumb. I don't know. I, it, it, to me, it looks like from the area and stuff like that. It looks like it'd have been race thing. But you know, also old people are scared out here. And they get scared. You shouldn't be shooting through no house. You shouldn't have probably had no gun at eight, you know, if he ain't in his right mind at eight some years old, okay? But let's go ahead and talk about it. It says the teenager is recovering after being shot outside of a Northland home Thursday evening. Police believe it was a case of mistaken identity. Officers responded to a home near Northeast Cookingham Drive in North Tracy Avenue around 10 p.m. Thursday and found the injured teenager suffering from life-threatening energy injuries. Police said the teenager was picking up his siblings at a house on Northeast 115th Street, but mistakenly went to a house on Northeast 115th Street. Uh, officers transported the alleged shooter to the department. The department said he's being released pending further investigation. Now, they said today they charged him with two counts. He's 86 years old. Um, listen, <laughs> It's it's a lot to this case. I even heard that he came outside and shot the guy. Now they said they thought it was mistaken identity. I remember one of my somebody was saying I was talking to. Them, they said he looked like one of them old gangsters or mobsters back in the day. Maybe he thought somebody was coming after him. I don't know. I'd like to hear more of why he decided to shoot this young man and not ask questions or anything like that. But what I do know is certain parts of in that area, that particular area, can be a little, you know, back in the day. Some little race issues, okay? So it'd be interesting to uh, hear the community, of course, is protesting, but it's good. They said the young man is back at home. He's going to be at, which I've been hearing conflicting reports, but I heard he was back at home today. But I'm like, dang, I thought he got shot in the head. Somebody, so I don't know, but they saying that that's the, that's the rumor. So I don't know. I haven't heard anything different. So if y'all heard something different, let me know. But, you know, oh, my God, just a terrible case. 
and uh, you know this young man was so he's so talented. I mean, he could. They say he was a mu- musician, could play all kinds of instruments and everything. I mean, so you know, this is one of our you know best. So it's just you know just a sad situation. Just um, it's sad all the way around because it's a, a 86 year old. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You know, it's just sad. And um, yeah. Very uh, sad situation, okay? Um, now, I saw something before we go to break. Let me see. Do I have it up? I wanted to talk about because people, you know, um, I want to make sure I talked about it for a second. Up here on these streets on this. Now, a lot of y'all were saying to me last week, why you don't like them, the boys with the afros and stuff? It's not I don't like it. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying I watch out for people doing psyops out in these streets, okay? You know, I people try to get movements going in all kind of way, and a lot of times we love to get black people in, a, in a black people in America's energy behind certain things because it creates an illusion that's the civil rights movement or something. Because it's one of the most biggest things that happened in the United States was the crimes against black Americans, okay? And so, um, you know, I'm just going to say, I may save this for when we come back from break, because it, it taps into Morgan Freeman, uh, uh, what Morgan Freeman was saying about being called African American and stuff like that. I want to talk about a little bit about that. Um, and um, let me see. Uh, and uh, I saw this on um, Yvette Cornell's thing. And let me see. Uh, where Mark Memorial of National Urban League uh, is, is talking about ADOS. And I, I want to talk about that and talk about uh, black movements and black, black grassroots movements versus a lot of the old school civil rights movement stuff. Um, you're, you're starting to see that more and more. And I just want to discuss that. So we'll discuss that when we come back. And plus, I'm going to talk. I saw this on Twitter. This man, this girl was talking on Twitter about this man leaving her because she had a bad child, okay? So I want to talk about that. And talk, give my thoughts on it. And uh, what else? What else I got to talk to you about? Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. What else is it? It was something else. Hold on. Uh, oh, I want to talk to you guys about Robert Green. This uh, thing I saw on Robert Green. This was really good the other day uh, with how, about his seduction book. Um, and we're going to talk about Patrick Mahone's latest, the latest uh, from with his wife and what she had to say about women being out here after her man, okay? So we're going to talk about all that and more when I get back on the CC show. Meanwhile, you guys, <clears throat> let's listen to what we're going to listen to. Let's listen to Bad Habits. I love Bad Habits. Bad Habits is like one of my favorite songs, okay, from Maxwell. It's, I love that song. And the reason why I like that song, I liked it when I first, one of the first songs I liked off of the trilogy, the second part of the trilogy was Bad Habits. I think I like I like Bad Habits. Pretty Wings, I didn't pay much attention. I'm going to be honest. Uh-oh. I didn't pay much attention to Pretty Wings. 
I liked it. I remember him showing up on Facebook, and he was, y'all know I talk about Maxwell all the time because I'm a big Maxwell fan, right? But he showed up on uh, Facebook, and he did a, a like a, a, a thing, and he was surrounded by stuffed animals or something. And I remember he did a thing, and he was playing some of the record, and I was like, hmm. And I heard pretty rings. I didn't, I didn't really even pay that much attention. But it was when I saw the video and the song for Bad Habits, I was like, oh, that's a dope song, right? And so this, it's always going to be one of my, one of my favorite <laughs> Maxwell songs. Pretty weird. I have weird fav- favorites off of Maxwell. Like, I like uh, Stop the World I like. I, I, I like weird something, like maybe that weren't released. But Bad Habits is one of my favorite ones. So it's the CC Show. Here's Bad Habits. I'll be back in a moment, y'all. We'll have more hot topics, late night hot topics, okay? Be back.
Gotta Get You Home. One of those old school jams. And for that Maxwell Bad Habits, I said the, first, the second one is the first one that Bad Habits was on. It's the first. I can mix up now. Here <laughs> I was just gonna start saying the so-called truth. We'll we'll see the third one. I quit talking about it. I I be wanting people to pass the message along. You know, I be dogging. You know, like I dog my fave because I'm really ready. I'm really ready to hear the third one. I'm like Rihanna fans. Like Rihanna fans be pissed. I know this. You know, Rihanna fans be getting mad with Rihanna. Like she pregnant again. I'm a big Rihanna fan, but them them fans be like. Bitch, no, you ain't pregnant. <laughs> they ready to hear new music. You know, they be going out on her. <laughs> I mean, like, what's going on out here? <laughs> they, they don't be playing with Rihanna's ass. They be like, are you just going to be selling makeup? They, they be saying, they be, boy, they be going, they be going in, okay, on Rihanna for, uh, for not being putting out an album. I feel like if they go in, my, I'm going in nicer. For my, my, my music, but like I said, you know, hey, I'm going, I mean, we on trilogy tours, no third album and all that stuff. It's just wild. It's just a wild time out of these uh, 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 R&B streets. <laughs> People just out here going on tours and everything. I mean, no new releases. They just out here. Y'all going to come see us. Don't pull, Don't play. Y'all going to fill up these stadiums. With some Groupon tickets. It's going to be Groupon now because some of y'all are too high. For mm. real. And last night, one of my friends, friends sent me from, like, you know, she, one of some, she sent me a tag of Maxwell shaking hands at another concert and said, maybe he isn't going to have the uh, plastic there. I'm like, Chad, I can't afford no meeting group. <laughs> I said, shoot, Chad. I can't, you know, I just don't want to spend my money on I got other stuff to do up in these streets, but it's interesting. So, yeah, so it was funny, but he, he was shaking hands. I was like, I don't mean nothing. He shook hands at mine and still had plastic. You know what I'm saying? So that, I was like, that don't mean nothing. So it's the CC show, y'all. A lot of tours is happening this summer. Man, it's a whole lot of them. I don't know, because I got, like, I'm about to get, I got, I got to get ready to get my B Beyonce ticket. I have, I've been going back and forth. Should I get it this week? Because my me. Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to see her here in Dallas. I'm going to see her somewhere else. But I, you know, it's just like, I'm like, you know, they don't seem like Beyonce excited about this. Well, I ain't hearing nothing. So I'm like, oh, man. And then I heard y'all about Coach, talking about Coachella. Y'all people are bothering Coachella this year. I don't know. Frank Ocean, y'all were saying he could have stayed in. That's what I heard. I ain't trying. I ain't even. I ain't said it. That's what I heard out in Coachella streets. That Frank Ocean could have stayed hidden. <laughs> <laughs> I like Frank Ocean. I like nights like whatever that's called. Okay. Nights like this or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, they saying he couldn't. He could fade in half wherever he was hiding. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's what y'all was saying to these social see. I didn't say it, Frank. They was out here. They out here. They out here trying to cook I didn't say none of it. Okay. All right. So I saw this on Twitter and. Child, I gotta ask y'all. It was it was on Twitter. Uh, 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 somebody tweeted, and it's a man breaks over his girlfriend because her son bad. Was he wrong? They were asking. Okay, so they like like they. Why are you breaking over? 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 Why
So they get into an argument on Twitter. So I'm going to play a little bit of this argument. Y'all tell me. I mean, we don't, we don't talk about it, okay? I'm going to tell me y'all my opinion on this here. So hold on. So you gonna break up with me because of my child? He's just a child. He just need a little guidance, man. Like, oh, that's a petty reason to break up with anybody. I ain't gonna lie. Was he wrong to break up with his girlfriend? Now he he said years, so I'm I'm assuming that he's been with her for years, and he I mean, because I'm like, have you been part of the raising in this? Okay, so let me just tell you from experience and people I know, and no, please don't give friends none of my friends. I ain't saying who you are, so I might not be talking about you. <laughs> if you think I'm talking about you, you probably do, but. One of the things I've known about certain women, especially sometimes, not all women, not all single mothers, there are some wonderful. I have a friend, a good friend who is a, one, of, one of my good friends who was an older lady who was a great single mom. I mean, she used to tell me, she said, hey, I don't let nobody come to my house. They, they ain't getting to know my son. Things ain't serious. I, I thought that she was very great protector of her children. But I've also known a lot of women who have not been protective of their children. You know, they just more interested. They they need some of y'all women need to be more than y'all uh, want, want to protect y'all kids. And so you bring people in your life when you don't have a controlled relationship with your own children. And like she, it sounded like she was being paid. Yeah, all they need is a little guidance with that. Hey, what, what, what? What you been doing? Why he need a little guidance? You the mama, you should have been guiding. He's like, you know, I guess he don't have his father in his life. Listen, ladies, single moms, this is what I'm going to tell you, okay? It is important to establish your relationship with your children, healing of your children. If your children are dealing with, like, not having a father around, not having uh, people in their lives, listen, there are therapists to deal with problems of your kids because a lot of kids are dealing with the traumatic tra- trauma of not having parents. I even went to a therapist when I was a kid. So you, there is, you know, a lot of kids deal with the traumatic uh, uh, abandonment issues. And then you try to slide in another man real quick and hoping he be a daddy to your kid. And the person may not be equipped to be a father. They may know nothing about being a father. They might just want to sleep up and lay up with you. But it's up to you to investigate that person ahead of time. 
before they even meet your children. Do I blame this man, leave him for after all these years? It's obvious this man didn't have an attachment to her child. He was trying to help, but the little, like the little boy's hand, like what did he say to him? It's obvious this has been going on for years. He said, give me something. And the little boy said, I think he had a toy gun or something. The little boy said, nigga, not. Nah. That's what he said. Okay, so there's obviously an establishment of there's not a respect. Little boy shut the door in his face, all kind of stuff. So that if he's been around for years, then there, there's probably some of this, this is my child and all that stuff like that. And, yeah, I don't blame the man for leaving. Okay. Behavioral problems are serious. And if you see it already, she can't control her children. Child. Listen, I tell y'all all the time, the ID channel be having plenty of uncontrolled kids on you, okay? From Kim and Pink. So I ain't mad about the man having to do what he got to do. Okay? So I just say, ladies, take care of your own children. Get your kids together. Get relationships, solid relationships with your kids. Make sure your kids is in solid head spaces. Love your children. Put your children first. Quit putting dick first. I mean, if you single woman, you have. If you a single parent, you have to. Same thing with men. If you a single parent, you have to establish because you gotta let the person know who's coming into your life. My children are important to me. I talked to y'all about this before. I had a friend who was dating a girl who was dating a single a girl with a single girl with a kid, and. He was like, yeah, you know, he was asking me, he was just asking my, me his, my advice on her. And I said, and it was early. They, had, they hadn't even been dating now. And, and already he was coming to the house in the night, and he was already kind of telling the kid what to do and, and having this stuff. I said, wow. I said, that's something? And he's like, yeah, that's kind of. I said, man, she careless with her kid. What'd that tell you? If you careless with your kid, you probably careless He's like, dang, I didn't think about that. You're right. He ain't been good that long. And you are, I'm like, you would have to establish a hardcore relationship with me before you meet my children, okay? My child, if I had a kid. And I know women like that. They don't play no games. They're like, you ain't meeting my kid. Not until we see it's something serious up in here. Because, you know, back in the... 70s and 80s is a big thing. People used to I used to know a, a family. <laughs> and the boyfriend, they be calling him the uncle and stuff. I'd be like, what the shit? I mean, because these kids be having all kind of uncles, and they be their mama's old boyfriends and stuff. No. Establish your relationship outside of your kids, and also make sure that you your your children are ready to meet someone and their well-behaved. You sh- and and and. and and that may call for having therapy, all kinds of things. To me, a, this woman should not be having a relationship with anybody. She's got an uncontrolled child. And a lot of women, they create escapisms in their life because they don't want to do the hard task of raising a child. It's hard. So, you know, a part of one of the ways people escape is, you know, we all got escapisms with some of the ways women, not all single mothers, but a lot of single mothers will escape is sick. I mean, I'm just telling y'all the truth. I got to talk with y'all real. Okay? And you caught, you set up a lot of bad scenarios. And to me, you need to be buckling down on the business of your child. You don't need no man. 
you know me, you got an uncontrolled child who looked like he's a few years from his teenage years. You about to lose him. And the worst thing to do is to lose your child to the streets because you didn't, you couldn't take time away. You couldn't put down the vitamin D long enough to get your child, get the get to the business of parenting and mothering and and and, and loving on your child and making nursing your child and and making sure your child is well. That's important. That's the most important thing. And then you may, if you get your, you have a well-to-do, your child's well, so then you may have a man come in who want to love your child and love you. If he sees you put that amount of love and care, he know, um, somebody knows how important that kid is to you. So they ain't going to come in with no trash. Hey, I know I can't be with her because she, she, she got that light world kid. She ain't playing no game. She ain't even let me meet that kid yet. You know what I'm saying? But when I did meet the kid, he, it was, it, it, this is a, 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 a tough family unit, and I got to earn my way into this relationship and into this life. Well, you just let anybody come on up in there, and you ain't did the business of parenting, the hard business of parenting which is continuous, but you haven't done the hard business of, of getting your child together when you see children come out, he just need a little guidance chick. He need a lot. And this is how we grew up and have a lot of dysfunctional males and dysfunctional girls. I mean, we all can be dysfunctional, but it's like the break, really dysfunctional. Because you don't take, you won't, you can't put down the vitamin D long enough to to establish, to get your child rooted and grounded in love and care and making sure they're well from whatever traumatic issues of abandonment or other things they may have had to deal with. So that's how I felt about that when I saw that. So I just wanted to say something about to y'all about that. I thought, wow, crazy, man. What's this? It? What's, what's your next one we got to talk about? Oh, right, you know, I saw this uh, article. It said, would you trust an AI dentist? Nope. And nope and nope and nope. I saw this on Instagram. On well, that they're going to be doing it. They, they have a people like, they're showing a, a machine doing AI dentistry, a robot arm acting like a dentist. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. And, you know, I, I'm one of the few people in the world, my dentist and them always be laughing at me because they be like, you like the dentist. And I be like, I actually <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, like, it's not that I don't be nervous. It's just that I've learned to, to, to escape when I'm at the dentist. Like, you know, I can go to sleep and they working on my mouth. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, because I try to go to white dentists. I barely even, but I don't, you know, I try to go to dentists when after a few dentist visits with you. Yeah, I can really, I I can trust. But one time, true story. I don't know if I've ever. I think I've told the story on here before, but all of you have may not have heard it. This is a true story. No lie. I cannot say who it is, but I was going to this dentist years ago in Kansas City. 
And I had another fabulous dentist who I used to love in Kansas. My, I used to love this dentist. That was she's like my she's like my girl. Like first of all, this first my second dentist who was my favorite dentist ever. We was we was cool. She used to come up when I worked at um when I worked for Hallmark and I worked at Halls. Like I work at the sometimes when I come home from school I would work at the department store Halls until my other job opened up. And she would I was a personal shopper. Like and she would come up and buy like all kind of clothes and stuff like that. That that was my girl. Like she was a good dentist, excellent dentist. Okay, so but one day me and her was talking, so she was asking me why I came to her dentistry, and I told her because I had another dentist, another female dentist I was going to, who was kind of popular in the area, not as popular as my my new dentist was at the time, but she was kind of popular. And I went to this dentist. She was working on my teeth. It was, uh, what was I getting? I think I was getting a feeling. She was laughing. It was early morning. So I like my dentist appointments, early morning. So she was early morning. She was in there giggling and laughing. Her assistant kept looking at her all like rolling her eyes and stuff. I'm like, man, this assistant looking at her rolling. And she kept telling me these jokes and laughing. I said, she acting strange. And the moment she started laughing, and she bent down kind of towards my face when she was laughing. She had just finished doing my 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 stuff. Bent down towards my face. I smelled nothing but alcohol. That bitch was drunk. I said, no lie. She was like, God, God, I'm trying to stop cussing, but God, help me. God, Lord, help me. I'm trying. Okay, that woman was drunk. <laughs> She's a drunk. And I remember telling my dentist sister, the new dentist, and she was laughing so hard. That was so cool. She was like, you, I, she said, oh, she said, who was it? And I said, I'm not going to tell you. So I told her, and she, she I can do that. I can just go look at your records. And when I told her, she laughed so hard. She was like, you are lying. I said, I am not lying. And so I, I said, I guess I'll never know. She said, you know, you can sue her or whatever. I said, hey, I ain't got no proof. But I could tell the way her, her person was rolling her eyes. That day I walked out of there, I never came back, okay? And she tried to call me a number time, like, well, you, what happened to you? Why you ain't coming in? I'm like, girl, you done, okay? So when I was work, where I worked at at Hallmark, because I used to see everybody when I worked for Hallmark, okay? favorite jobs ever in life. So when I was working there, one of her, this woman's, this particular dentist's, I didn't know her, her this security guard was her ex-husband. And so we was talking one day, he was up there, at my job, and he was sitting there, he was laughing and talking with me and everything, and I was telling him the story. I said, yeah, I had a dentist work on my tooth one time. I was drunk. He said, what's her name? I said, no, nah, I don't want to tell nobody her name. He said, I already know. He told me the name. I said, oh, my God, how did you know? He said, that's my ex-wife, and she used to drink all the time on drive. I said, what? <laughs> so that's how I found out that I wasn't crazy, that she was drunk, right? So I was like... I, that that kind of messed me up for a minute with dentists. So now I'm always kind of checking when I go in, like if I make good, you know, especially you get older because your teeth, it get different when you get older. You can start and get work done and all kind of stuff. But unless you got perfect teeth and stuff like that. But I was just like, uh, so I always kind of like, you know, I'm watching my dentist. I'm like, oh, Lord, let me be careful. But I'm very comfortable with the dental process. That doesn't, 
I'm not a, a fit. My mom and them always laughing and talking, Kiki, don't, Kiki, be, don't be playing by no dentist. And the reason why I don't play by the dentist is because one time years ago when I was, um, I was used to, you know, I was so used to have, it, it ain't like y'all kids got it today. Y'all got dentists, y'all can stay on y'all parents' dentist. Uh, in health insurance and dentistry to you 26 and so you had to be back in my day get off at 18 and 19 and so I was in college for a little bit when I was when I went to school and I had to go without dental for like about two years and I remember all kind of shit all kind of stuff was wrong it was I mean you know I, I had to get so much work it scared me I was like I will never ever ever stay try my best to stay away from the dentist even when I was in between jobs I took the Cobra plan and tried to pay it up because I was like I ain't trying to be away from the dentist I don't want no toothache no nothing <laughs> so I'm a dentist fan you know I'm like almost more than the uh the doctor, but I'm a doctor fan too. But I'm a I'm a big dentist. I'm like, get, you know, I try to get my teeth as much because it's it's getting more and more expensive out here these days. But I try to keep up with my teeth, you know, get them, keep them together. Try, but AI, a robot doing my teeth? No, and then I won't be comfortable. I'm not comfortable. Even I can't be comfortable. No, with a robot. No, no, no. At least with a human, I can say, hey, damn. With a robot, the robot just gonna keep going. No. No, 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 no. That's not me. Mm-mm. I like humans for those kinds of things, okay? So, yeah, I thought that was interesting that I saw that article about this. Okay, so let's talk about Mark Morio going in from the National Urban League on ADOS, okay? Man, man, man. Yvette Cornell just, it was from February of 2019, right? And she just showed it, and it's just an interesting, uh, she showed it as a today as a reminder about uh, what people were saying about ADOS and they didn't have any, uh, which, listen, listen to me. I don't agree with everything Yvette and, and Tone, the ADOS people say, but I really do like them. I do really feel like they are, um, there's reasons why, you know, um, I really do like some of the things they say, and I really do like the advocacy they are doing. I think they really do great political work. Like they they really teach people the business of politics, and that's often when I used to work, you know, volunteer for the Obama campaign. I did it early when nobody when Obama wasn't even popular. I was I met Obama when he was when he was a senator. Nobody even knew him. I'm telling you, it was like nobody was checking for Obama. I remember being, working in Obama's offices in Missouri. Nobody hardly came in. You know, we opened in the office, closing the office. This is true story, true story, okay? <laughs> we opened the first one, the first offices in Missouri. Okay, so I was a bit, y'all can't, I know y'all have a hard time believing me, but I was an Obama thing. I was Obama, Obama that, okay? And uh, one of the things I noticed in the community when we was doing Obama stuff and everything, a lot of our community didn't understand the politics of 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 what they were voting for. And I remember I saying to one of the uh, the guys who was head of our office at that time, it was very it was very few. It was about three of us in the office. I said, hey, you know, maybe we should have a, a, on you know certain nights because has Obama started get gaining traction and getting more popular. I said maybe we should have you know. 
a couple a night or Tuesday night where we just talk to them about politics and letting the basics of politics. And they start doing that a little bit, doing little things and stuff like that. Because a lot of our people, they just vote because Tom joined and told them, oh, I'm going to say, you know what I'm saying? They don't feel real. But what I love about Yvette and Tone is they are pushing and promoting the business of understanding politics. And a lot of people from the civil rights movement, uh, have been so in with the Democratic Party that they don't know the difference between uh, doing the work of, of, of for black people and doing the work for the Democrats. It's very different. You know what I'm saying? And now we've become emerged in something that, well, we have forgotten to do the politics and the business of black America. And uh, it's, it, and one thing I give Yvette and, and Antonio Moore is that they have, and you know, I, I'm like, I, I mean, I don't just, I love, I like Tariq Nasheed, I like all that, and I know they all don't get along. I like back and forth, y'all, but I sometimes they really be saying some of the same things, but nobody to me hits the politics and the understanding of the politics and encourages you to understand those politics like Yvette and Antonio Moore. They ain't just griping at you, telling you you got to vote Democratic, like Roland Martin and all of them and all that stuff. They really are helping you issues and what's important to your community. And that's what I get so angry with celebrity with because celebrity a lot of times don't understand issues and don't understand things, and they just get behind these politicians and stuff because Hollywood is ran by the DNC in some senses. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of them are scared to speak up against the politics of, you know, uh, and they, they scared to go against these old uh, things, but, you know, uh, we're going to have to, cause we're at a place that's really crazy in America. But let me listen to let y'all hear, um, what Mark Morale said, and she put down at National of National Urban League is the latest buttery biscuit gatekeeper to join the smear campaign against ADOS. He begins by claiming the same Russians who put up Black Lives Matter pages up behind ADOS for real evidence. But she plays this, but I want to talk about this because it's from February. I want to talk about something he said. So let's take a listen. with great effectiveness and success. Now, what is going on today? You may have seen this effort to divide the black community between ADOS, African Defendants of Slaves, and black people who may be here from the Caribbean or Africa. Beware that the same people are doing this. The same people are now undertaking a pernicious effort as though there was no slavery in the Caribbean. Over here, Okay. Um, it was really a false take because I've been listening to that and them for years, and they never said that. We understand slavery in America. I mean, slavery in the world was everywhere. Nothing like chattel slavery, though. 
in America. Chattel slavery was not just not saying that uh, slavery in other places wasn't bad and horrible, but American slavery it, it introduced the dynamics of race and something very different. Chattel slavery was very different. American slavery was not only a harsh form of slavery, but then it introduced another 100, 100 years of segregation, desegregation, Jim Crow laws, everything. Mark Morale knows better than that. Okay, he's old school. See, a lot of these ADOS, ADOS proposes a threat to a lot of a lot of old school African American politicians because they've been so ingrained in the Democratic Party and they've gotten out of the business of taking care of Black America and they've gotten into the business of uh, taking care of everybody else and not having a Black American agenda anymore. And um, they got, they've engorged themselves off the community, not all of them, but a lot of them. And a lot of times you look at some of their districts, they haven't changed in some of the places as long as they've been up there in the politics world and all kinds of stuff. So I mean, a lot of these uh, old school organizations have not done the work. And Black America finds themselves still, after all these years, the lowest on the totem pole everywhere. And ADOS to me was much needed because I think a lot of what a lot of times our, our brothers and sisters from the, the diaspora don't realize, but some of them do, especially, you know, especially people who are still over there, like still in the in islands, you know, stuff like that. But a lot of the um, them don't understand how 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 America will use them because they feel like, hey, they're more behaved. They they don't have the uh, history of slavery in America uh, with them. Uh, they come over here with a certain venom. Not all not all people from the Caribbean or Africa and stuff, but a lot of people sometimes come over here with the venom and ideas about uh, Black Americans. And um, there is this push to make you somewhat try to replace the culture instead of, uh, of honor the culture, understand the culture, and all that kind of stuff. And um, these 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 black American politicians, a lot of them know that. They know there's a difference. They know these things, and yet they still sell out their people. And, you know, there's a lot of Caribbean people who down for black Americans. They're like, hey, we know what they're trying to do. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't sleep on it. We 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 allies. We get it. We get they trying to what they trying to do to y'all. We understand the deal. And then there's so many others who just you know it's you know I talk about it a lot on this show because I want Black America to wake up from its stupor to understand to be able to see the dynamics of globalism and what's happening in the world. You know, um, I understand that some. People uh, throughout that diaspora see this as a threat, but it's not really. It's Black America finally saying, "Okay, we got to respect ourselves and we got to love ourselves, and we got to uh, put, we got to set up boundaries." Because clearly, sometimes people get on and speak for our experience in America who don't have the same experience. You know, and it's just it's 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 like you know I I say this often, growing up in a in a Caribbean home, even if you're first generation uh, 
a black, uh, you know, first generation uh, um, uh, um, Haitian or first generation black Latino, Afro Latino or whatever. It is not the same as my household, like what I grew up in, right? We have totally different cultures. And your family brought over their cultures and beliefs. Right? They may have learned to navigate through African American, I mean, through Black Americans, as they saw Adolf move or FBA, whatever you call them nowadays, as they saw them move in America. And but it's not the same. And I hate when people don't acknowledge that. I feel like such a it's so disrespectful. I just feel like it's so like I so disrespectful to my culture, and it's so disrespectful to what we've been through. In America, I just I hate it. It's my pet peeve. And so I hate when I see you hear this black American dude, Michael Morale, who's still trying to, he's just trying to hold on to the old guard. He's a gatekeeper. And he ain't done a good job. Early on, they were doing a good job, but then they dropped the ball. And now they're scared because they're not being listened to, especially the younger people. They're starting to see the gig is up. And the only ones that kind of hold these gigs up for these dudes is is people like, you know, celebrities and stuff like that. But really, I just said, admonish people of, throughout the diaspora and my own people to understand and to respect, have a sense of respect, when you, you, you know, about what black America has been through. And it's not why you may have an affinity with the culture. Why you may like I like I have an affinity towards Haiti and the history of Haiti. Okay, I always have since I was younger. Since I read uh, 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 Notazaki Shang's Color Girls and uh, and I read about Toussaint Louverture, you know, and the, the little girl who had a love affair with Toussaint. You know, it's what's my favorite line? Which he said, uh, "My first black man was Toussaint Louverture." I was oh my god, you know that's what, I, and I was like, whoa. Who was that? And I remember in the seventh grade, I was trying to find out about Haitian culture and really knowing some people, like you used to have West Indies people who were high. They wouldn't even tell you they was Haitian. Okay? There was a lot of African Americans. No offense, there was a lot of black Americans up in Tucson, Louverture, and the Haitian Revolution before y'all were, before y'all was raising the Haitian family. I remember back in the 80s and 90s, a lot of uh, Haitian people used to be scared to say they was Haitian. They'd be like, hey, I'm West Indies. They they wouldn't want to say, you know what I'm saying? Not all, but a lot of y'all be trying to hide because y'all was the same. But it was black people up here, uh, like Notazaki Shang and telling y'all history and stuff like that, black America who did that. There wasn't no hate. But I, I would be, I would even though we black, we share blackness, I would be wrong to be tr- up there trying to act like you're trying to erase your culture and say it, it's not Haitian culture. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing. I just feel like it, I feel like people should have more respect and affinity for black culture, including these black, old black, old black leaders, okay, who who trying to still hang on. But I'm glad Yvette put that up uh, this week um, because I do really believe that ADOS has really been trying to do some work out here in other groups like the FBA and all of them. I know they don't like you, but they all have been pushing the banner of reparations, but Adolf was the first one to do it, and they've been doing it well. Um, and it wasn't true. There were, the Adolf was not. Adolf is really a legitimate grassroots movement that is moving. 
And it's nothing wrong, you know what I'm saying? I like the name American Descendants of Slaves because a lot of black people in denial. I don't have no, I'm not in denial about slavery. I, 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 you know, uh, it's not bad to me that what happened to, uh, it's not bad to me uh, the history of the slave. It's bad what the slave master did. But the slave, you shouldn't be, I, I'm not ashamed of the slaves. I'm not ashamed of my ancestors for surviving. So that I can live, that's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it, it was pretty interesting. I saw that. I wanted to talk about that for a minute. But a lot of times, sometimes people will be writing and saying to me, uh, you know, who are paying Africans and stuff like, Carlotta, you know, we all black. I'm like, we all black, but we share different cultures. We share uh, different ethnic values and ethnic things and stuff like that. So you know, and it would, you know, I would never. Uh, like, uh, well, you see that in as relationships. You know what I'm saying? If you married a different person from a different, it's still a different, if you married a Jamaican person, they still from a different background than you, you know, and you have to respect that culture. So I just feel like black people's culture, black American people, black American people's culture should be respected. You know what I'm saying? I really do. I mean, it's just like, what's the deal? Why don't you want to, what, what kind of threat is it to you to not respect the culture. I don't get that. I don't understand that, you know. So, and, you know, I'm, I don't like that when it happens. I have some people writing me say, I don't understand. Well, your favorite singer is a Caribbean. Hey, I, yeah, he, he, he is. Now, he, it's Maxwell, okay? But sometimes I don't like some Maxwell say. I'd be like, shoot. Like, one time I heard him say something crazy. I'm out the radio. He, 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 I was just like, but honestly, mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I understand when like, they sold you off as African American and you've been trying to hold on to the narrative and now you've changed the narrative over because it's hot to say you Asian in Puerto Rican now. I get it. I understand the deal. I understand what people out here trying to do and stuff like that. But yeah, I say the same thing. I say, you know, man. No matter who it is. So y'all little notes and stuff, I ain't done. Shoot, I said it. And plus like I said the people. When we uh at now which 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 I'm going over into uh people a lot of people was getting mad at um uh, Morgan Freeman this week because he came back out and, and this is according to Boston dot com and he says he decide despises Black History Month and refuses to identify as an African American. There are a lot of more people who are changing that narrative of, of refusing to uh, uh, be identified as an African-American. I at one time thought African-American was the best name because it talks about our background and America. But now has, we have more people from the diaspora and from Africa come here, and a lot of other people are identifying with that name, and there is no distinguishing, distinguishing our culture from that. Then I saw the need, very important need for us as black America to have our own identity and our own thing, because we always have, but we just call it African-American. But now post-1965, we have so many people in the diaspora and back in how they So, you know, we have to, uh, so I'm, 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 I'm not against what Martin Freeman is saying, but he, I, I, except for Black History Month. But he says, Martin Freeman, is, and this is from, uh, uh, this is from uh, Boston.com via Verity, I believe. It says, uh, Morgan Freeman is dead on set on being contrarian. The 85-year-old is act, acting icon recently gave an interview with the U.K. publication, The Sunday Times, and according to TMZ, the writer T. Freeman up to unleash against his visceral, visceral disdain for Black History Month and the term African-American. We say again because back in 2005, when he famously solved 
bigotry for the entire world when he rapidly said the only way to end racism is to stop talking about race. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I disagree with that part. But he said in the new, uh, because that's the only way you acknowledge racism. You know, one of the ways you acknowledge racism is don't say I don't see color. And when people say I don't see color, that says to me, I got to be pretend like I don't see your color in order to like you. Okay. I don't think that was the smartest part in Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. I think that was a, a, a dumb part. I mean, no offense to Dr. King, but Dr. King was not perfect. I don't like when you say I dream, you know, that we, we you know, I, uh, that people ain't got to see color. You know, I see my color. If you if you say I see your color, I still like you. Because I, I don't, don't be blind. I ain't blind out here. <laughs> so it says in his uh, new go around, they, now they see Uncle Ruckus rhetoric, but I don't know. Freeman sound off on how disdainful Black History Month is in. Black History Month is an insult. You're going to relegate my history to a month? Clearly, no one ever explained to Martin Freeman exactly what Black History Month is about. Well, I understand it. What he's saying is, it's, it's, it's a Black History is American history. We're more, we're, we're just as American, but I do like us having a month. But it is American history, and it can't be relegated to 28 days. But you know, he said you won't get any pushback from people when you say that Black History should be taught 24/7, 365. Uh, uh, has it is part of American history. See, that's what I just said. However, the point of Black History Month is to specify, celebrate the works, achievements, and accolades of our people. The two ideas are not mutually exclusive, nor does one pollute the other. But now what we have about Black history, we have a mixture. Everybody's throwing their history in there. You got Caribbean, you got all kind of crazy stuff going on. Right? And But American history, I get what Morgan Freeman is saying. American history, black history, black people have been a part of American history prior to the um, Revolutionary War. So uh, he's saying, hey, we're very much ingrained into this thing called America. Even though I disagree with some of Morgan Freeman's race points, I do agree that black America has to start understanding that we are we're very much American. Our blood is in the soil. And I ain't on no conservative BS that he might be on, or no Uncle Ruckus stuff. That's just on just who we are as a culture. And that's what makes us distinctive and different from any other black group here in America from the diaspora, is that we created a culture. And, and, and a group. So we're very different. You know, and so he says, um, uh, he says, I don't subscribe to that title. Black people have had different titles all the way back to the end world. And I do not know how these things get such a grip. But everyone uses African-American. What does it really mean? Most black people in this part of the world are, are mongrels. And you say Africa has if if it's a country, when it's a content, content like Europe, very true. And I try to explain to y'all because, you know, it's back in the day, and even me, myself, I used to forget all the time that Africa was a content. And I used to, you know, we, 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 we black people, we were trying to have pan-Africans. We were trying to find any way to identify ourselves, not understanding, because I think a lot of black America didn't understand that we had created, because so many times we were told, uh, has black people in America how horrible we were. And so we would look for something to identify with because they were telling us 
that are this you group of black Americans, you're horrible, you ain't nothing. So we look to identify with Africa. We kings and queens, we start paying Africanism. We start embracing other groups and cultures and try to adopt it as our own and stuff. But not realizing that at the same time that America was uh, setting a narrative and selling a narrative to us that we were nothing and our culture was nothing and we ain't crap. They were selling our culture throughout the world to everybody has the idea of blackness and what's American. We weren't understanding that. We didn't understand it, so we was we had a lot of low self esteem, and sometimes we we had even low self esteem around our creations and what we created, being in this superpower. But when when you look at it, it was very powerful. People around the world were looking up to us, and so that's why you have old dudes like Steve Harvey when they saying they got that, we got that from Africa. He don't understand because his concept of he's He's still thinking in low self-esteem, Black America, when we we were trying to find anything to identify with because they was telling us our culture was was crap. But meanwhile, they were selling off our story. They were selling off who we were to other people and people all around the world and all around the diaspora wanted to be like Black America. But meanwhile, you we out here scrubbing and trying to identify with anything. Oh, we have, we don't know nothing about the continent, continent of Africa. I understand there's fifty some countries there, and they all vastly different. But now we know better. We've educated ourselves more. We understand. Hey, look at what we created. We knew it, but we didn't have a we didn't understand it. Now we have an understanding. We have a definition of ourselves, and I do think it's limiting to say we African American. I feel like we 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 are not, we are not that. I do. I actually do love the. I love the name Foundation of Black America. I like Adolf. I love that it distinguishes us and it identifies us as a culture. And that's why so many people in diaspora get so angry because when we do that, because you feel a kinship. Some of y'all might not understand why you're angry or why y'all trying to separate yourself because that's because you feel a kinship to our culture because they sold it to you. Probably the first um, identities of black people you saw in the world were, Af- were black Americans and our lifestyle. And so you feel it's yours, but it's not. It's something that a group of people who have been on the soil for centuries in America who created out of pain and and all kinds of things. These, this group, this culture, and we glad people around the world have learned to, who have adopted our sound, our music, and everything like that. But don't try to, to separate us from it. Because we are the vessels God choose to blow through. And that means something. So don't be trying to hate on us. But yeah, I like I I'm not I understand what he's saying. I understand. I'm not I'm not and we may we may be understanding from different uh uh points of of view, okay? So uh, he and his point is, he said his point is that people talk about Irish Americans or Italian Americans, not Euro Americans, right? And that's because, um, you know, again, I say that we have we've had growth since then. I agree with Morgan Freeman. African American is very limited, but we are, like he said, people in this part of the world because due to slavery. We specifically have become a very much biracial people. Black America has. You know, 
and what happened during slavery, and we know why. When he says we're mongrels or we're mixed or breed or something like that. Um, um, a fact, you know. So, uh, yeah, so it's very interesting. I, I, I thought that would be interesting. All right, so what we got to talk about? What else we got to talk about out here? Um, where's my where we at? Oh, something I oh, what was it? I know it was what was do I have it up here? Okay. We talked about Johnson May. We did talk about Johnson May. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick. Patrick Mahomes out in these streets. Patrick Mahomes. Wife is tired of y'all chicks. Patrick Mahomes, wife, Brittany, speaks out. It's actually really sad how disrespectful some women are. Okay? That's what Brittany had to say. This is according to uh, Marca.com. It says, despite their success, the Mahomes marriage faces a common issue among sports stars. Okay? Patrick Mahomes' wife, Brittany, has opened up about the struggles that come with being the partner of a professional athlete. Despite being married to Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, Brittany has revealed that women are still constantly trying to turn Patrick's head. In a recent Instagram post, Brittany addressed the disrespectful behavior of some women saying, they are a waste of my time and not going to disturb my peace. Oh, they are disturbing your peace because you can tell how angrily you said that. But I'm getting ready to hit on something with Brittany in a minute. How do you deal with, so somebody answers, how do you deal with all the women trying to get out, go after your husband? LOL, it's actually really sad how disrespectful some women are. But they are a waste of my time and not going to disturb my peace. But I did used to have a very hard time and get extremely annoyed. But I am now to a point where I could care less. While it's uncommon for professional athletes to receive unwanted uh, attention from admirers, it's clear that this is something that Brittany has to deal with on a regular basis, okay? Uh, Listen, let me just say this, okay? Brittany, first of all, regular dudes, women go after regular dudes, okay? They got resources. Man, let me tell you the truth, okay? This is where the man of spirits kind of don't lie. And any dude who's successful, rock stars, you know what I'm saying? When girls go, when women go to concerts, you see people be, that's why I always tell people to look at people when they're annoying. I used to tell my friends that all the time. I said, hey, when people, you, you, you don't judge nobody while they up on this. You know, you can have an a attraction to somebody like, 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 okay, fine. And everybody's fine when they're up there singing, okay? Because that's how they, you and your, your God given, not all the time, but most of the time, some people, a lot of people who are in that are in a God given passion. When you're doing your passion and when you're doing your work, what you're good at, mm, you're fine, okay? Even when you ain't, ain't, you know what I'm saying? It's something attractive about a man who, 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 who or a woman who's in their grind, you know, who, not in their, you know, not in their bag necessarily, but who is in their passion or their gift. It makes you very much attractive, but you got to be careful because you need to see what their character is like outside of that, right? Like, you know, I be saying Lenny Kravitz is fine up in here, Master Alabama and everything, but shoot, you better, hey, you, I mean, it's a different thing. You going out on dates and stuff, you dating them. That's why you might be seeing some, the illusion on stage ain't the same. You know what I'm saying? When they, you know them every day. Okay. Facts, okay? So that's why I'm just saying, you know, so you so dudes like that, first of all, what does it say when you're 
Patrick Mahomes and you after he out there playing, he he playing it at the highest level. You know, he got that Jordan esque. And you know, Chappelle wasn't none finer than Michael Jordan, and he had all six of them rings. Michael Jordan was fine. He went, he went, he was he was even extra fine. Oh, I gotta talk about Air too. Oh my God, I need to talk about Air for a second. Sidebar. Oh my God, Air was so good. I loved Air. How they built the Nike Kingdom? Deep, deep stuff. How they built the Nike Kingdom? Mm-mm-mm. They lost it with Steph Curry, but they built it. How they built it with Jordan? Too bad Under Armour can't catch it. Boy, but you can't do that. You can't you can't redo that. It was just a special time for Nike, man. And Nike pushed the allure of Jordan even more and their allure even more. Oh, y'all got to see air. Air is good, okay? Mm, really good. Really good about how how everything comes together in time just to make something. And, and they need to put a statue. You know what, Nike? There should be a statue of Juanita Jordan when you walk in the Nike headquarters, right? Just standing there. I mean, not Juanita. What's, I mean, Michael Jordan's mama. I forget Michael Jordan's mama name. That's his wife, his ex-wife. What's his mama's name? I don't forget what Michael Jordan's mom. But then you, y'all just need to have a statue standing up there, Michael Jordan's mom. And all you athletes just need to be just loving on Michael Jordan's mom. She made it. She 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 did a lot. Ooh. That was a smart mama. She wasn't playing with her son. She knew her son's worth. Mm. But anyway, like I was saying, I just want to say that's our voice. She is. But Michael Jordan, fine when he was out there playing that basketball, and it didn't hurt. He was making millions, so this man, here's a secret. Women like resources. You want to make, listen, I, a, a woman who don't like resources, she's she lying to herself. They say, do you like me for me? You know, you celebrity men. I just want somebody to just like me for me. Well, Negro, part of you is the celebrity. So what you want me to like? Not like the celebrity and like you, whoever that is. <laughs> I like it all. You know what I'm saying? That's what you got. You, that's where celebrity men to me mess up. Well, men with m- money mess up. Like you got to like, you got to have somebody that likes all of you. Like, you know, because I remember hearing this particular, uh, this movie star, particular movie star, his first wife, he had married. And one of the things he said is she, she he said that after they had gotten married, she hated him being on the sets and stuff like that. And I'm not talking about an imbalanced Negro or a person. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about you got imbalanced and you just all time working. You just a little worker bee. You know, I'm not talking And you ain't got time for your family and stuff. You ain't got no balance. That's what I'm talking about. But this was a person who had balance, but they had to go to work. You know, that's how they got paid. And she hated it, he said. He said she hated just the whole thing of being married to a movie star. She's like, I just didn't like And when they talked to her, she's like, I didn't like being married to a movie star. Part of the reason they got a divorce, because she just didn't like that part of him. And that's where a lot of these dudes make the mistake. And a lot of these, because you got to like the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, as much as you like it. The dude that come home every day, you know, because they both, they both, they both one and the same. They two different entities, but they still the same. You got to work with that Negro like that work with us. I'm saying, 
So what does this all mean for Brittany having a hard time with Patrick Mahomes and how she said the thing? First of all, I knew Brittany was having some problems with competition. I knew I, this is just this is Carlotta one on one. This is I put allegedly on it, but this is Carlotta one on one. I've talked about Brittany on here before. You know what, Brittany? When the platinum diggers start sniffing your insecurity when you got pregnant and you weren't married. Right after Super Bowl, too. I said, oh, yeah, pretty bitch. I said, oh, you hurry up trying to lock that down. You hurry up. Because, see, Patrick's trying to have a smooth image out in these streets, okay? I'm not saying that's why he married you, but I'm just saying. He's trying to have a smooth image out in these streets, okay? And rumors were that's what happened with Michael Jordan and Juanita Jordan. And when she got pregnant, he rushed marriage a little bit more because he was like, hey, you know, she's she pregnant. I don't want to be looking. I don't want to have no illegitimate kid because Jordan was trying to have a look. Patrick Mahomes a little bit trying to have a look. So sis, even though you was engaged or whatever, he was he was look like he was waiting for a minute. And then you got pregnant real fast. Because you probably understood the game. You understood the competition was coming. These men be having a lot of options. Remember remember when with, with Steph Curry, I love when Alicia Aisha Curry was on talking about it. she was like, Sometimes I don't feel desirable. You know, I want to feel desirable like Steph get all the stuff, you know, and everything like that. She was being in her truth and stuff. And she said, hey, it can be a little intimidating. Some of these chicks, you know, they cute and everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, you know what I'm saying? But when you are Britney, they already sniffing you out. Be very careful. I was reading the blog. When when you said this, I was reading people's comments. And they was already saying, ah, nah, nah, because you pointed specifically at, this is what you said. You said, you pointed, you went all in on women. So what women know kind of from that subconscious tweet is, but they are a waste of my time and not going to disturb my peace. They are disturbing your peace because you wouldn't have said it. It's actually just really sad in how disrespectful some women are. So women go after men in the grocery store. When your man got a big bag like uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes, they gonna come after him. How, uh, how to deal with? I mean, she, but she said she didn't say. She, you know what? I'm just saying. Listen, the, the girls, the gold platinum diggers out there who are professionals at what they do. I'm saying, oh, she perceives us as the problem. So Patrick has a weakness to us. <laughs> that's what they said. Because that's what you're saying. You're saying these women out here getting on my nerves. They ain't gonna disturb my peace though. They already know you disturbing your peace. They already know you, you, you. With you know what you really should have just said. You should have said, "I don't blame him. He's fine. He's fine. I'm girls. I don't blame y'all. <laughs> come back. Come back. Girl, soon. I understand. I see it. You know what I'm saying. But yeah, I get a little intimidated because you know you be you know it is what it is. You know what I'm saying. It's a lot of beautiful women. But Patrick know when he got a home. You know, you got to be funny with it. You can't let them sniff you out, Brittany. They're sniffing you out. Don't wrestle a wolf in yourself out, Brittany. 
I mean, like Russell Wilson's ex wife, first wife did. Don't Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh, I suspect there's a little fear there. Don't. And I understand it's going to be fear because some of these chicks be bad, especially when you're talking about, that's what Keith Washington's chick was talking about. It's hard when you like, listen, it's hard when you like a popular dude just on a local level. I get it. It's hard, man. These chicks don't be can't. These chicks don't. They, they don't. Have, I was one night went to. I had a, had a <laughs> back in the day. When I was back in the day, y'all know how I love to show my story, share my story. I caught myself. You know, we being this little athlete. I was see. You know, we be flirting with each other. Time time we see each other. I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, we like, you know, it was it was a flirt. You know, we like you. She's cool. You know, and stuff like that. And so. One night, big time dude, wherever. So I was in the I was in the club and stuff like that. So I was at the I was at the uh, bar. It was a party. I was at the bar and stuff. And so he he came up and he sat down. He was talking to me. He's like, yeah, you know, you got drinking, you laughing and talking and stuff like this. And I all of a sudden, child, I was like, out of nowhere. Listen, he was popping. Women was women was after him. He's an athlete. Women was women was like, yeah. Women was like, women was like, forget this look, this this alpha over here, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. Women was like, I don't care about her sitting here having a conversation with him, right? And I was popping. I listen. I was looking good. I was in my twenties. I was looking good, and I was I was I was far. I was looking cute, okay? I probably I was probably playing up in there. This helper comes in. She has barely nothing on, okay? She comes and I'm in the mid- We having a discussion. We sitting at the board. We looking at each other, laughing and talking. She comes right, stands right there in the middle. Like, I ain't even knew. She stands right in the middle. Hey, such and such. I'm like, and I, I just started laughing. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yo, like, don't you see me talking? And she was like, huh? And she went, oh, hi, girl. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to disturb y'all. He's like, yeah, see you later. And boy, I was like, gee. I was like, I ain't even here, though. We both, we both just started laughing or whatever. Listen, she didn't give a, she don't know who I was. She didn't give a, you know. <laughs> Okay. Girl, that's what you're dealing with out there. That's what you're dealing with out on these streets. I laughed at her. I was like, girl, please. I'm like, girl, you know you was being disrespectful. You know. I said, even though you came over here at high address, you, I, I said, I was, I, guess I'm, girl, you still getting played out here. And she was pretty. But listen, you know, I wasn't worried. I was laughing. I thought that was like desperado. But here's the deal. That's what I'm just saying. It's just, women going to be that way. Because they fight. It's like fighting over. It's like a dude of. A high a dude that seems high value on the king on the chain like a Patrick Mahomes. Women are going to do these kind of things, and you girls who got these dudes gotta learn how to deal with it, and you know know if you got a hoe or not. Patrick's a hoe, and that's a whole other story. But you gotta know if you got a hoe can handle it. I suspect he might can't handle it because she specifically pointed like the women are just and women are tempting. There's no doubt. You know what I'm saying? And also, who you are, you know, because he's been, well, what he been written since he's grateful and all this, you know. It's a lot there, you know. So that's what I'm saying, people being, so, listen, I'm telling you, it's just how, that's the game. I mean, listen, I, I've been with, I've been with a lot of dudes who dated, I do some dudes who was, pop, who was like popular in their area. 
are local and women just gonna be disrespectful, okay? When you gotta catch women gone want it. And it's up to him to me in my opinion, it's up to him to check that situation. It's not up to me to check a chick. I don't got time for that. You know, it's up to him to be like you being disrespectful, uh excuse me. Uh, you, you see her right here or whatever. It is not up to uh, 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 some, and I was, and that impressed me about him because he 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 didn't let her do that. No matter what, who he was like, nah, wait a minute, hold on. You see me talking? What is the deal? Turn her, and she like, she hurry up, turn around, and was like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. But she, child, you know, this women will do that. So it's up to, in my opinion. The man who handles such situations, especially when he's a dude like that who got who who's popular and all kind of stuff. Okay, I mean it is what it is. These chicks, when you ask the cream of the crop, they will come after your man. Okay, you know what I'm saying? And some women be like, well, "Why is it like that? Men are so disrespectful to it." It depends. You know, men are not as disrespectful with, you know, with married women and stuff like that. But there are some, some, listen, to me, men are a little bit, it has to be, <sighs> I wouldn't say they're not disrespectful. I would just say that, that, that men have to see the hope, like, if you, you know, as a woman with women, it might be open. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's different with women. Women don't care if it ain't no open. But men have to see, like, oh, that's not to be over, right? Yeah, men, if they see, like, they see, like, if, if they, sometimes men will see they pray, you know, in marriage relationships, and they be like, yeah, she, 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 that's about to be done. I see where this is going. You know what I'm saying? And they go, they go, they, they start to, you know, flirt with it, with it. But not women. It's a because women. It's a different situation. Women are. There are very few men who are able to achieve um, very powerful things in life, like a Patrick Mahomes, and that is an aphrodisiac. And so that's why I want wealthy men to understand. Don't take that for granted. Or men who are famous and stuff, that's a beautiful thing about you because you've been able to achieve your goals. But women, I also want you to know that doesn't mean just because he was able to achieve some sort of powerful thing, like, doesn't mean he ain't no fool. You know what I'm saying? Because I know a lot of women didn't get with some of these people. I remember, another story. I remember years ago I had this dude trying to holler at me. Very funny. He was fast <laughs> this is back in my playing days too. It was funny because you know I remember. I, I I mean he was really like me, and I had it was so funny because I I was dating different people, and I was in my twenties, and I called his time and I was like, oh, I left a message because I was supposed to go out on a date, and I left a message. With, <laughs> I thought I was leaving him a message. I left another dude a message. Was funny. He was like, damn, you you crazy, like you bold or whatever. But he thought he was the man. He thought he was supposed to be like, you ain't no chick ever called and left a message for another thing. I said, man, with you. I'm sorry. I messed up. I, I didn't mean to call you or whatever. But he was just tripping out me. I wasn't even tripping on him, right? You know. But as I got to know this person, this person had issues, man. So it didn't even matter. Like, women was tripping on him and all that stuff. I'm like, because he had resources on him. Like, but this fool, he a fool. You know what I'm saying? He got a lot of stuff going on. So women, you got to know. Sometimes you need to get to know just because somebody got wealth and power and fame 
don't mean they the bomb. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes they can be cray-cray. I mean, a lot of things with people that have been cray-cray. And you're like, well, I thought he was cute. I was a child. Come on with him. He kind of slow. Or you know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or you, are you, are you meeting him and they, you like, or you get to talking to him and stuff and you realize, like, he's a jerk. Or you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, you there, to me, you can't be disillusioned by that. But a lot of women are because it is a very powerful aphrodisiac because, see, wealthy men can do things that dudes who regular dudes, even though women will go after regular dudes with not who are not famous and be married, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of times resources and things, I mean, you married to an engineer, lawyer, whatever, women, because that's money, you know, even if it ain't as much money as a, a, a athlete, a big athlete, but women want people who are who are builders, okay? And a lot of times women can misunderstand a builder has a person because they have some characteristics, some good characteristics, has that been uh, their only um, gift. You know, they only think, I mean, that them being, has them being great people, sorry, that, that just because they have shared some characteristics of being motive, being being powerful, being able to move into uh, their uh, gifts and talents and stuff like that. That doesn't mean they're nice. That doesn't mean they're a good person. That doesn't mean they they have um, uh, 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 they have imp- uh, uh, empathy or sympathy or you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does not mean that. I remember what I was working. I was working at this particular. Uh, when this this particular one, this athlete I was liking, and I remember I was working at this. I was uh, going to school and I had to go to the library one day, you know. And he, you know, he she, he be time hollering, you know. I, we be flirting, we always be teaching, we be flirting and stuff like that. And I remember I said, so I was like, I was at the back of the uh, library and he was having this particular event. And I remember he came out of the event and I remember saying to the lady, I said, Oh my God, he here. And because I was, I had, because I didn't even know he was there. She was like, yeah, you know, I was like, oh, I said, wow. He, I said, what's going on? She's like, he said, oh, this is the, uh, what's your time, his charity event. And I said, oh, that's nice. I said, they must be having something special. She said, uh-uh. She said, he's here all the time with these kids. He really is about that charity work. He really loves these kids. I was like, dang, he a real dude. Like, he was really he really wasn't like he wasn't one of them dudes that just do a charity and run up out of there. They know nothing about it. Not that Now he was really about that work. That was a part of his kindness and stuff like that. Now he, he has a mother problem. You know, man, you get to later and later on, he's like, you, you know, he's a women out in the street get a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the canopy. <laughs> okay, but he really did put in a lot of, like, it wasn't just talk as far as his charities and stuff was concerned. He was really doing the business and the work. And I'd be like, wow, you really about that life? And so you learn, you have to learn that people's character and stuff like that. Even one time I was doing, like, something at a a food kitchen, and I was cooking in the back, helping this man, and he was one of the people. He showed up like in the thing. I was like, "What? Like you came here? I couldn't even believe it. I mean, just help actually doing work." 
So that's what I'm saying. You got to learn if these people are really what they say they are. Just because somebody's doing a charity don't mean they really in it. They might just drop by for the photo op and go about their business. You know what I'm saying? Or just because they do charities don't mean all of a sudden they're a nice person. That's just one aspect of them. It's important to get to know these men, especially men who got all kind of options, who are wealthy and stuff like that and everything. You got to get to know folks. Okay? You got to get to know and They got to get to know you. And and I say to wealthy men, just understand, women go come at you, you got to learn how to do it. You know, if you really want a relationship, a solid relationship with a woman, I mean, y'all got to learn how to be not moved by every coochie cat. Because otherwise, you're just going to be out here distracted. Coochie cat going to be distracting you. And that's another thing that's unattractive. I tell women, it's unattractive. I can understand when they're in their 20s, they ain't running around here chasing coochie cat, you know, when they first get into the game or the business and stuff like that. But uh, really, when uh, people are older and more established and stable, you know, if you take chasing cootie cat like that and all that stuff, you ain't focusing on your obby. I always say cootie cat take a lot of energy. So if you see a man like, you know, this, who was that I was listening We talked about on this show, Blueface, who said he was a fucker. That was Blueface that said that. That's what he said. I was telling, I'm just repeating what he said, okay? I'm not because he said repeat what he said. I was like, you can't probably focus on no music because you run around here. Uh, have a sex all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't focus on no uh, on, on on your business because you sitting up here. It take a lot of uh, uh, it take a lot of energy to deal with. Like when you got fifteen twenty women, it's a lot of women, a lot of energy. So you sometimes you got to be looking at that like puppies and stuff like that. You got to be looking at them like 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 because some people can have a high uh, high achievement thing like where they can achieve a lot but it's how they a lot of them have weird fetishes and stuff like that they deal to work at such high energy you know some people got some people uh, some people can are just good at what they do but some people have drug addictions some people have cootie cat addictions and all that stuff and women don't realize that until they get in the game with these fools okay so, you know, that's all I got to say. Brittany, I just say that she, Patrick Mahomes, you got to expect that kind of thing. Just no doubt. You just got to expect that these women is going to be out in these streets trying to get with Patrick. And it don't matter. Patrick didn't have 10 kids. They still become, look at Neo. Somebody asked somebody, was just talking about Neo the other week about Neo having the side babies, allegedly. And, and he got already five. I mean, Neo ain't even, I mean, I'm like, do Neo got that many hits where you want to give him six and seven kids? No, nah, I don't think so. It's just my personal opinion. <laughs> like, I don't think they can got that many. I'm like, what? You know what I mean? Do y'all be thinking? But sometimes it's not that. It's just an aphrodisiac of being with these dudes. You know what I'm saying? A lot of women want that, you know. It's just like, hey, you know, which brings me to Neo. We got time. This is a story I was going to talk about. Uh-uh. Neo, we do got time. I thought it was going to be a short show tonight. Y'all see? See? We can't be short. From mistress to main chick. This is according to MadamNoray.com. Neo main goes public with Sade, Sade at birthday celebration. <laughs> Let me stop laughing. Just in time for her birthday, Neo let the cameras roll with videos of him and his children's mother, Sade, as they danced at the club. The turn-up included stacks of money, candy bags, hookers, and twerking. Yeah. 
Has depicted in the video, Neo in that hat, as usual, was posted by model longtime mistress today, and she told it Fendi gift bags and shouted out the father of her unborn child with the caption, thank you for the birthday gifts, okay? Additional videos include Sade being caressed by the 43-year-old senior with the former mistress and her now public bay dancing on each other all night. The birthday videos were in the model's Instagram highlights and videos of her children. Last August, Neo's estranged wife, Crystal Renee, exposed Gregory Renner for his eight-year infidelity. I will no longer lie to the public or pretend that this is something that it this is something it isn't. I choose me. I choose my happiness, health, and my respect. I gained three beautiful children out of this, but nothing else but wasted years and heartache. Renee posted to social media, and also my other person. What's her name? Tia Tyrese White. Time I was her. I just got to do that. For the sake of our children, my family, and I will work through our challenges behind closed doors. Personal matters are not meant to be addressed and dissected. That's what Neo said, okay? Uh, but Crystal Renee was all out here talking about it. No, I'm telling all the business, okay? In February, Kimsey reported that a divorce settlement was reached between Crystal and the sexy love singer. Both agreed to share custody of, of three children, which accumulated to 12000 a month in child support. His ex-wife will receive 5000 a month in alimony in the next uh, three years, along with additional $1.6 million balance to the division of their real estate housing. Okay. Neo, Neo, Neo. I mean, I'm just seeing Neo. Did Neo got, like, Neo need to be making hits. Neo, should you be in the studio? Like, is he producing anybody lately? Have, when is the last time you gave Neo to the left, to the left? Or uh, when you gave me a, a champagne light or something. <laughs> then these random stuff you got. Here, here's what I say. You know, this is what I say. Listen, again, Neo, look at Neo. The $12,000 a month, that tells you where the, the income is, okay? That tells you where the income is. Now, what I, would, what I will say is this, young ladies, it's all good when you get in the Fendi bags and, the, and, the, and the, you know, the, you're in the club and you, you bopping on them and everything. But you, a lot of you girls who's having these babies and stuff with these dudes when they marry, not here's the thing. I'm trying to explain something to you, okay? Let me explain something, okay? It feels good in the moment because he looked like he the man right now. But you need, y'all need to start counting kids. He got two by the other chick, the one that was the one first one, that first No, no. And his. One, two. And then he got three with Crystal Renee. And now he got one or two with his other chick, Sade. Girls, this is this is not an eight hundred million dude, like eight hundred million dollar dude, like Diddy. I mean, if we don't go after the married guys, I mean, I mean, and y'all trying to get money. I mean, I mean, I already hear y'all be on these hunts. Y'all be out here about in the streets about. I ain't gonna say the name, but anyway. And I don't want to get nothing started. It's already been fights in the elevators. And I'm just going to shut up about that. Here's the thing. I just don't understand what you girls are doing. It's all cute when the Fendi bags is in the club, but you better look at his income. I'll be like, Fendi bag, wait a minute, hold up. Maybe you should be wearing a condom next time we get this, you, you need to think about that. And if he's doing this, if he's, like, constantly, randomly picking y'all like this, his wife can already said he was out here with several women, allegedly, having unprotected sex. So you got to start thinking, you know what? Hold up. 
चाहिए
tell you, girl. Neil don't seem like he focused right now. Neil seem like he's just making babies all over the place. He ain't got no self-control. Neil, he got some self-control. Neil, get back into the game. Quit making all these babies. Concentrate. Focus. Like this man, right from here. Like go in the studio, right for somebody. Is there a right spot right now? Is it a cool spot? I don't know what's going on. I mean, like I'm hearing more about Neo and the mistress. How the mistress? In my business. Girls, pay attention to these things. Okay? Pay attention. Pay attention before you think you got a prize. You think you got a prize, and it's not a prize. It looked like it. it's a real pretty package on the outside, and you just open it up, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh. I thought I had a, 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 a fanny bag, and this is just a, a, a Miss Play one. Oh, how Miss Play one. I just want somebody because they famous and they can, they, the bottles is popping now. You're like, okay, I like the bottles popping, but how long does this continue? Let me see this. What you do when the bottles ain't pop? I saw the other night a really good show on YouTube. Yeah, I know YouTube is one of my favorite places. I don't even know, you know, I like a lot of YouTube shows, but there was this guy who, uh, who does, uh, what's his name? Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, his name is the diary of it's a diary of a CEO channel. Oh my god! And he was talking to uh, um, uh, Robert Green, which I you know Robert Green. I love Robert Green. I had the I got the forty eight miles of power. I read that, and I haven't read all the way. I've read most a lot of it, the uh, the seduction laws or whatever. So good, you know, really good book. Really good at understanding human human uh, things. But he had him on, and he was talking to him, and it was really a great conversation. Oh my God, it was really good. I enjoyed uh, uh, listening to it. Okay, but I'm gonna let you hear a little bit of it. Check him out on uh, the Diary of a CEO, uh, and it's a really good episode. But let me just hear a little bit of this episode so y'all can. It's about being aware that the work world is different from the realm of personal relationships. The other point I found really curious was, was point three about concealing your intentions. And yeah. I, I find this curious because I've never really known where to land on this when people ask me for advice on the subject matter about how much of your hand should you show, whether it's in business or life or whatever. There's a, there's a group of people that think you should always just keep everything you're doing and your intentions totally secret because then people might copy you or they'll attack you or whatever. And then there's another school of thought that says when you're building something, when you're doing something, when you have a mission, you need to share it with as many people as possible because that will galvanize people to, to come along with the journey with you and they'll want to support you and help you. So when I read um, point number three about concealing your intentions, I wanted to, to ask you about what, what you think about that, which side do you land on? Well, everything depends on circumstance. So the laws are never meant to apply to every situation. Right? So when it's with your own team and you're trying to inspire them and you're trying to give them a vision, you're trying to get them on your side, yeah, you share your vision with them. You share this is where the group is going. This is where I want things to be in three years. Let's all get together. We're trying to do something very positive for the world. Okay, here we're, here's my plan, 
right? But then there are circumstances where revealing everything that what you, about what you're planning to do is actually very counterproductive, right? So the business world in the 21st century is extremely competitive. It's getting worse and worse by the day. As more and more people now are entering the power arena, and I think it's a great thing, where it used to be just a realm where only older white men had power, and now it's the doors have opened to everyone. The comp level of competition is that much more intense, particularly now even with the Internet. You have rivals out there. You have competitors out there. Even as we talk right now, maybe you're not thinking about them, but they are. They're, they're making to steal your ideas. They're looking to take your business away from you, et cetera, et cetera. Just be aware of that phenomenon. And just always saying what you're planning on doing isn't always the wisest thing to do. Sometimes, if you're in a treat, I really love. I mean, I really love that. I really love their discussion. It was really good. You guys have to check it out. The Diary of CEO uh, Robert Green is on there. How to seduce anyone, build confidence, and become powerful. I thought it was a really good conversation. Very interesting conversation on how uh, human nature works. You know, it's here's the thing. I, I have so many friends who tell me all the time. Carlotta, you need to go on to, you need to platform where you're seen. People be stealing your stuff all the time, you know, and stuff like that. I'd be like, yeah, I know. But it's okay. I'm okay, you know, because I know everybody doesn't know about, about you know, I I have a um, a small, like, group. I mean, not, it's real small, but it, it's pretty, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not a Natasha K group or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I do hear other bloggers, like, to <laughs> God content and stuff like that because you know you're not as popular as certain bloggers and they're like it's time for people to see you and all this stuff and everything like that and um yeah I get it I don't do this really you know I have fun with it it's my therapy I like <laughs> there's a little bit of a fear too with it but I understand that too you you do sometimes have to hide your intentions about what you're doing you know um I, I, me, I'm a Scorpio. I believe that so much. Now, I come off as a Scorpio that is very Libra. I have a lot of Libra energy. I have, you know, I have a lot of Libra Capricorn energy. So I look like I'm always just chatty. I'm a chatty Scorpio. Uh, but and that is, I always tell people. People say, you know, you you are different from Scorpios. You know, you you you're very chatty. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but they be like, you know, you're not as secretive. Oh. That's what you think. <laughs> because even in that, I'm hiding my attention sometimes. I, I see it sometimes. I don't mean to. But even in the chattiness of it all, sometimes I'm chatting because I'm trying to direct. Sometimes I'm trying to redirect people off of a certain thing. <laughs> I hate to tell y'all that secret. But that's me. You know, that's my Libra in telling y'all that secret. So I do tell some Scorpio secrets because I, I'm very much interested in astrology and stuff like that. But I definitely agree that sometimes you have to conceal your hand because when you don't, you know, people begin to know it and understand it. I mean, me and the best seducers, like in a world, are people who conceal themselves, like the, the best seducers, the best, the most, uh, to me, sometimes the sexiest entertainers are the ones who, are, who have lots of mystery. I love an entertainer. Like who's like not, you ain't gotta be like just like you know what I'm saying, like you know like somebody where you just like you too much of me. I'm just saying that I like a mystery. You know what I'm saying? I like somebody who really who who seems to contain has a self-contained. You know, some it gives you something. I go, oh, okay, I see. That's really 
you know, I, like, you know, uh, I mean, let me see. I'm trying to think of the top uh, five today that kind of give me that mysterious vibe. There's not too many. I'm trying to think. Is there a lot of male entertainers that give you that mysterious Beyonce says it gives off and she tries to but it doesn't really I really don't think it's working for her I really think her Scorpio moon is hurting her in, in entertainment she's a Virgo son but I really think she's more Scorpion like and I think that with Beyonce that Scorpio moon has given her this illusion that I mean because she's a big star in name but she it like I always say, it's a bubble. So there's a, a there's an illusion that I'm worth more than I'm really worth. Like, so her operating in a Charday energy. Charday is really that. Uh, Beyonce, I believe, is one of those mysterious people. But when she came out, I don't think she was that. Right. Sade has always been that. She's always carried a ram of mystery with her, a ram of – she's had done interviews and stuff like that. She always goes away, tends to not, you know, it does not – that kind of energy doesn't work for Beyonce, in my opinion, That like it works for Sade. In my opinion, it works against Beyonce, and that's why she, she can't sell Adidas. I mean, the Adidas brand, she can't sell because she, she has this – feeling that she's famous but really hugely famous and that it'll translate into album sales and it'll translate into clothing sales and it'll translate into helping Tiffany sell and Disney sell but advertisers are finding out that's not true and uh, maybe somewhat not true with the records and everything like that and so to me part of that is because um she needs to appear somewhat a little bit real. I know she'd probably like to be a part of those stars who are mysterious, those old school stars, but she can't do that. It's very few people who can do that. It's very few people who can carry over. A lot of people try to copy it, that are uh, what I call that Maxwell Chardet branding. Like they try to copy uh, that energy, but it, 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 those are artists that embody that mystery. I, I feel like it's hard to do it if you can't embody the that mystery, and if you don't do the type of music they do, uh, the type of energy they carry. They're very mysterious. That music is even mysterious. Charday and so they're very much. They're somewhat to me very similar. Uh, and so a lot of you find a lot of artists who try to copy that whole thing so they can seem bigger than what they are and they can identify with like the Maxwell energy and stuff. But there is a price I would probably assume that comes with that, that they did with, with Sade. Sade probably and Maxwell are probably not as big as they could be. Right. But, 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 but it's probably because they genuinely don't, I'm not sure if they don't care, but they genuinely don't maybe care to be, in a certain category of music, they 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 more have integrity towards maybe what they feel is integrity towards the type of music they do, and if it catches on, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But they that's really their being. Whether than where a lot of pop artists try to say, well, I want to sit out for five or six years, and. Uh, 
they are trying to do that, and but they don't have the same mystery or they don't have the same integrity surrounding the type of music they do. And so it's very hard for them to sit out for four and five and six and seven years, and it starts to translate, you know, that it doesn't uh, it doesn't translate into sales. When you have artists like Maxwell Chardet, I don't think they that so that's the end goal. Like, I mean, I think they would like to have sales, but I don't think I think your end goal is getting their art out there. They're really serious about it, and it probably irritates the record companies. You know what I'm saying? It's like really that the end goal is hey, that as long as we put these albums out. And that's what I've chosen to do. And maybe I don't sell 20 million albums. Maybe I sell 10. Or I don't sell thousands of records. You know, like Chloe Bailey, she says, I'm going to sit down for five years. Well, yeah, not if you're going to do pop. You have to have a massive pop album to do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, yeah. I feel like that's a, they do a copycat scenario to try to uh, 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 fight off of the industry energy of those type of uh, artists who who are a little bit more um, rare and to try to make it look like they're rare, but they really just hurt themselves <laughs> and their branding, in my opinion. But yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, yeah. That's interesting there, okay? Um, let me see. What else do we need to talk about? We got a few minutes left. But, but yeah, that's interesting about the laws of seduction. And I really feel like Chardet has that in so many levels. Maxwell has that. Lenny Kravitz has that. There's so many artists that have that beautiful air art and air of seduction. It's very beautiful, okay? It's so beautiful. Like Chardet, when she comes out and the music's playing, and the way they got it dark in there, you ever seen her in concert and how she moves? It's like, Ooh, it's so sexy. It's like seductive. Like a, it's real seduction. Like Beyonce, when I see Beyonce on stage, it's a seduction happening, but it's like a grandiose seduction. It's like a weird, but Chardet is like subtle. It's like you don't know what's hitting you. You know, it's just like, wow. You all right, Same thing with uh, Maxwell. Maxwell on stage, he could be as goofy as he want to be. He could be whatever, but he just has a beautiful seduction vibe. Where he can sway the audience, uh, Lenny Kravitz got dark energy too. I mean, it's beautiful. It's 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 a different thing. Most artists have that. I mean, but there's a distinctive, really great seduction, like where people are really good at it. And I feel like Charday and them are really just like wow. Like it carries. It's a different type of seduction. It's subtle. Like you don't know what hits you. You're like, whoo. You, after you went to the concert, you think about it about it. a few minutes later, you're like, whoo, that was hot. Like, you know what I'm saying? You think about it. Like, it's that kind of seduction. It's not right there in the moment. But it's like a seduction that might hit you like, dang, dang, that was cute. Yeah, they look good right there. When they, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's pretty good. I like sound was beautiful or whatever. It, it just, it's, it's a different, it's a different vibe. Okay. Uh, you know, like Chloe Bailey has a seduction, but it's more loud and out there. Like Beyonce, it's loud and out there, but it's not the same to the uh, same thing. Okay. Uh, what else I say I was going to talk about with y'all? We talked about, um, oh, okay. We talked about the Michigan. I meant to talk to y'all. I, 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 Okay, so listen, I, I wanted to talk to y'all about this Michigan. Do I got time? We got a few minutes left. Oh, I don't know if I got time for this. 
okay, this Michigan uh, GOP person was calling Beyonce, you know what I'm saying? They was, you know, out here in these streets doing, you know, the rituals. Let me see if I can get time to play a little bit of it. Hold on, y'all. Child, we ain't got that much time. I don't know if I got time to get to it. Okay, I think we got a little bit. Let's see. Convert Americans to paganism. Yeah, that's just one of the bizarre, controversial statements from the head of the Michigan GOP. Statements uncovered by CNN's K-File. Christina Caramo most recently faced harsh backlash for defending this highly offensive tweet, comparing gun control to the Holocaust. Well, now, CNN's K-File has uncovered a long history of eyebrow-raising comments, including this one about Beyonce. She's really targeting, trying to target black people into embracing paganism. And one of the really interesting things is that her husband, Jay-Z, is, many people have said is a Satanist. Um, I believe it to be true. I mean, I don't even know how you answer that, right? I'll say CNN, you're really out of touch. Here's the deal. Uh Listen, I want to say Jay-Z's a Satanist, but I told y'all celebrities this was going to start happening. But Jay-Z, this is what happened when you wear an Aleister Crowley shirt, talking about do as thou will. You know, some people don't know what that means. People who know, know. <laughs> right? And so, you know, you just got to be careful with the occultic practice. Beyonce might be trying to sell out some occultic shit. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but I'm just saying people going to get the wrong ideas if you can't explain your your paganism <laughs> out here in these streets. They're going to start doing witch hunts on y'all. I told y'all what was going to happen in these streets. Be careful, celebrities. They starting to study y'all hand symbols and everything now. Boy, they out there. They be out here. But I don't think most of them just kids. You know, some people like that. I just say, you know, hey, you know, hey, do what y'all got to do. If that's y'all business, hey, when they start doing witch hunts out in these streets, don't say, I right, tell me, I don't, don't, don't be saying, I didn't tell you. I don't try to warn you, okay? But, you, you know, you got to be careful out here because people – it's not playing with these uh, uh, y'all talking about y'all doing rituals, okay? Just telling you. I think y'all out here on one. Y'all out here playing games, throwing up signs and loops and all that. You know, and listen, like I said, I do believe people do study. You know, there are artists I do believe study occultic practice. I see I see occultic things all the time because I, like, I play attention to the occult and arts and stuff. I've been doing that stuff since I was a kid, some of the things, but uh, I mean, you know, some might be considering themselves to be Masons or something like that. You know, so there could be all kind of practicing going on here. But, you know, just people try not to jump to conclusions unless you really know, you know, you know what I'm saying. So a lot of them are just fans of Aleister Crowley. I mean, Eve who was just happened to be practicing occult and Satanism, okay? <laughs> but maybe that doesn't mean they are. Maybe they like the do, do as I will is, a, you know, the whole meaning, the whole meaning of law about being able to do whatever you want to. Some people embrace that thing in life or there is no God, there is no this and that. <clears throat> or there are some forms of atheism and occultism. So it is, uh, it's all the life is about is about pleasures and, and seeking pleasure and all of that stuff, okay? You know, so there are people out here, and that would be kind of considered in the realm of that kind of thing, occult, some of the cultures, not all, uh, and Satanism, okay? All right, you guys, but, yeah, I just wanted to show that to y'all. But we've come to the end of the show, y'all. Man, thank y'all for hanging out with me like y'all do. 
so much. Every week I got y'all part two out. I got y'all part two out, okay? I'm out. Y'all have a wonderful rest of y'all week. I'm going to leave out with one of my favorite sons. Love you, Jill Scott. See y'all. See y'all probably this weekend. Maybe, maybe I don't know y'all. Okay, right? See y'all out. <laughs> have a wonderful one. If I called you, could you call back so I could tell you that I miss you? Wanna talk to you, wanna be there, wanna hold you, wanna listen. No, maybe I'm crazy to let love like you go, baby. I don't know what it's all about, but I'm trying to figure out, sonny.